Hello, friends, and welcome to the Bikes or Death podcast. As always, my name is Patrick, and I am your host. And today's episode is with Andrew Onerma, who you may have learned about during the 2020 Arkansas High Country race. Now, we interviewed Ted King after he said an FKT on that race. And you may remember that there was a local hometown hero, aka Andrew Onerma, who was pushing Ted King for the first like 600, 700 miles. They were really toe-to-toe going at it. Um, They were going in opposite directions. And so it was difficult to always know who was in the lead. And then they had different terrains coming up. And so it made it pretty exciting. Ultimately, Andrew made the decision to pull the plug and withdraw from the race. And obviously, we're going to be talking about that on today's episode. So I don't want to um, get too much into his story. But this is an episode that I've personally been really looking forward to recording and uh, catching up with Andrew. Yeah, he didn't win. But what I saw was a lot of heart. And it was even more on display when he uh, withdrew from the race he recorded about a like a 10 or 15 minute video just right there on the side of the road, sharing some of his thoughts and feelings right there in the moment. And it was truly powerful. Um, it was really, you don't always see that. You don't always see exactly what it takes to push yourself that hard. You know, we're just sitting at home watching the dots, rooting, getting on social media, seeing if we can figure out what's going on, coming up with our own narratives in our heads. But oftentimes we're wrong and it's much more interesting to actually get to hear from the racers themselves and just hear what's going on through their heads or or whatever, you know, they were they were dealing with uh, during that race or that event. And I'll tell you what, Andrew did not disappoint. This guy is all heart, all emotion, and he's all in. I really, truly did enjoy talking to him. Uh, We were able to meet up at a primitive campsite uh, there along the Mulberry River in the Ozarks in Arkansas. Now, a, a couple uh, warnings about this episode. All of my episodes are usually labeled as explicit. This one might have a little extra spicy profanity in it and may not be suitable for all audiences. And don't be surprised if at some point during this episode, water starts to form in your eyes and starts to trickle down your cheek. Like I said, Andrew truly is a emotional guy. He wears his heart on his sleeve. Man, I'll tell you what, this conversation is really a product of, I feel like being locked down for so long and starved for human interaction just a really interesting guy, you know, like someone I've been really looking forward to talking to. And then you throw a little bit of whiskey in the mix and you get yourself a three hour podcast with, in my opinion, one of the most interesting ultra endurance cyclists. I think at some point we completely forgot that we were even recording a podcast and, uh, and just were talking and, and talking and talking. And so, you know, I hope you enjoy being a fly on the wall of my conversation with Andrew Onerma as we dive into his past, what led him to cycling, what led him to gravel and how he propelled himself from not even owning a gravel bike to within a year going toe-to-toe with Ted King and pushing him 
to an FKT on the Arkansas high country. It really is a fascinating story, and I'm looking forward to sharing it with you. I would like to say quickly that um, I do appreciate all the feedback from last week's episode with Dr. Seth Wood. It was a profound and inspirational episode. I personally took a lot away from it, and I was hoping that a lot of people would find value in it. And based on the the amount of messages and feedback that I've got on it, I just wanted to say thank you. I hope that I was able to do Dr. Seth Wood's uh, story justice. It certainly deserves it. And I appreciate him again uh, coming on the show. And again, he's another guy that's just wearing his heart on his sleeve and uh, putting it all out there and certainly always appreciate that. All right. Well, listen, before we get to today's episode, let's give a shout out to our latest group of patrons that have signed up since last week's episode. We've got another nice batch of patrons that have signed up to be sustaining members of the show. So without further ado, let's thank Michelle Aguilar, Matt Long, Joseph Harrington, Chanel Hayes, Ben Holbrook, Randy Braley, Jeff Carroll, and Joanne Maurice. Now, Joanne actually signed up back in June 2019 and has been a patron ever since, and that was before I started giving shout-outs on the episode. So if you've been a patron since before I started giving shout-outs and you'd like your name shouted out, I would love to shout it out. Just send me an email or uh, send me a DM on Instagram or something like that. I'm pretty easy to get a hold of, and just let me know. I would love to shout your name from the rooftops. I appreciate all the uh, newest sustaining members, and I've got to say that the response I've been getting on Patreon has been freaking awesome. Uh, you guys totally rock. We have obviously been making a little bit of a push to ramp up on Patreon. I've set a goal of quitting my job and, and being the full-time host of the Bikes for Death podcast and making this my number one priority, making this my main focus not distracted by other jobs and things. That'd be nice, huh? More podcasts, better quality. Hmm? Could be nice. If you're interested in uh, in that, if you'd like to help support that new effort and you'd like to hire me as the full-time host of the Bikes for Death podcast, you can find more information over at patreon.com forward slash Bikes for Death. All right. Well, today's episode is supported by Experience Fayetteville and the Fayetteville, Arkansas community. Fayetteville is excited to once again be the host community for the 2021 Arkansas High Country Race. It's quickly becoming known as one of the most challenging races in the country. The thousand mile plus Arkansas High Country Race departs from downtown Fayetteville on Saturday morning, October 9th. The race follows the perimeter of the Arkansas High Country route, a series of three mixed surface loops that connect several of the state's stunning natural regions, including the Ozark and Wachita Mountains and the Arkansas River Valley. And new for 2021, race officials have announced the creation of the Short Circuit Race. This is an opportunity to experience just the northwest loop of the route. The shorter 240-mile distance is perfect for the weekend warrior looking for a limit-pushing course. Registration for the 2021 Arkansas High Country Race and the Short Circuit Race opens June 1st. Each race distance is limited to a field of 50 competitors and expect to fill up fast. Additional race information, including links to register, can be found by searching 
High Country at experiencefayetteville.com. All right, everybody, we've got a long episode today. Sit back, kick back, and I hope that you enjoy being a fly on the wall of my conversation with Andrew Honormaugh as we explore the depths of ultra endurance racing and what it takes to push a pro level athlete at his own game. All right, everybody, without further ado, let's have Miles Arbor kick it off with the Bikes for Death theme song. You load up your bike, you ride away from home. You could be with your friends or you could be alone. You ride for a day or maybe more. You just love being in the great outdoors. Everything you need is strapped to your bars, including that new pillow you got from Santa Claus. And then you think, oh shit to yourself. You left that super lightweight tent on the living room shelf. Bikes. For anyone who doesn't know, uh, <laughs> what did, how do you say your name? Andrew Honormaw? That's hilarious. I was driving down here. I was like, he's probably going to ask how to say my last name. Yeah. How do I say my last name? How do you say it? Okay, so my last name is Finnish. Oh, shit. Um, so the way it's said, I can't say it. Like, it's supposed to be something along the lines of Onormaw. Like, there's this Onormaw. almost like Andrew deep, Onormaw. But I grew up in the South, obviously. So, like, my mom taught me. She's like, Honor your ma, honor ma. Okay, and that was, that's kind of how I introduced it to a lot of people. Sometimes it's honor ma, sometimes it's honor man. It's because that's my name's been wrong my entire life. So I don't even know what it is because everybody says it differently. <laughs> Dude, this is takes a lot of weight <laughs> off my shoulders. I can just call you whatever I want. Yeah, for real. I'm so used to getting it wrong because I have <laughs> a combination of ADD and dyslexia. And so, mm -hmm. like, Basically, the wires in my brain get crossed sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I catch it and sometimes I don't. Sometimes I'm listening back to the podcast and I'm like, what the fuck did, yeah. you know were you saying? Like, uh -huh. I know that that's wrong, but yeah. I, don't, <laughs> I don't catch it when I'm saying it. Yeah. It's so frustrating, but yeah. it, it does happen. So, Andrew Onerma, yeah. that's what I'm going nice. with right Nailed now. It. That's I what that's I, in my head, that's what I've been calling you. I think if so, you take the average of everyone that says it, that's like the perfect middle ground right there. Perfect. Yeah. I like to be average. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i mean you how was a play way to put this i mean probably a lot of people hadn't really heard about you for sure <laughs> until the arkansas high country in 2020 just for anyone who wasn't watching ted king showed up kind of two weeks before uh or signed up about two weeks before and kind of surprised everybody I don't want to get too much into it, but you essentially are one of the guys that went toe-to-toe -to -toe against Ted King uh, in that year's high, high country. And a lot of people were like, who's this guy? But what I was seeing about on my ride today, because I was, I was kind of like, you know, pushing myself up those clients and like trying to find that inspiration. I was like, I was trying to put myself in your your position. Like I'm Andrew and Ted's <laughs> out there. And that's cool. Like what mental tricks am I going to play right now to like push myself totally. to like outdo Ted King or yeah. whatever. And I just found that I related to you so much. Like I was rooting for you. Nothing against Ted King, right? All due respect to Ted King, but like I never met you a day in my life. I don't know you from anybody, but 
as far as I could tell, you were just like the hometown kid who like really was hungry to go out and put a big effort yeah. and uh, put your heart on the line and really like yeah. left it out there as far as, I mean, not as far as I could tell. Anybody could tell like you left it out there. And so I really w related to you and was inspired by you. And like as soon as I saw that, I was like, I want to talk to that guy, you know, like for <laughs> yeah. sure. So here we are. That's cool. Uh, That's how really many months cool. later? That was October. That was end of October because it started on Halloween. Yeah. So a little while ago. I mean, honestly, that feels like a lifetime ago <laughs> at this point. It's crazy how that happens with just big efforts in general is in the moment that's the craziest thing you've ever experienced but then a few months go by and you kind of start to forget what it was like and that's they say the best alpinists have the worst memory because uh. <laughs> uh, they go do something insane and then they over time they're like huh was it really that bad i don't know maybe i need to go go try again and i think i could try at least as hard as that last time i tried so yeah. Well, it's good to finally, like, I, I knew I didn't want to, like, talk to you on Zoom. Like, I was like, I just, I just want to sit down. And so we're here. We're actually, you tell us where we are so I don't mess it up. Yeah, this is a badass spot. So I knew you needed to work your way south. Yeah. And I was like, okay, what's in, a, like, an hour radius south? Because I'm work I was working earlier today. I just got off work and drove straight here. So got to be in the Ozark National Forest. That was my first first thing when you asked where should we meet up to do it it's like we have to be in the ozarks i absolutely love the ozarks we're talking about riding bikes and this is where i ride my bike all the time this place so this particular spot we're by the mulberry river just south of white rock uh, we're on shores lake road which is it's an alternate route of the arkansas high country it's not the original route oh. so i'm hoping this year we can transition back towards the classic white rock climb but I've been on this road a bunch, and it's just it's gorgeous. Beautiful. And yeah, it gets I got, quiet real I got quick. a chance to ride about an hour and a half up and down the road. And, I mean, it's what I've come to expect in Arkansas, just, like, endless, beautiful gravel roads, canopied with trees, just lush green, and, and there's water everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty pretty crazy. It's like, this is classic Arkansas right here. So. Yeah, this is classic Arkansas. Yeah. What a, oh, and I was think I was mentioning earlier that I'm gonna start tagging everywhere when I interview somebody. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna start tagging like where I interview them because I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of cool. A lot of podcasts happen like in a studio, and that was all, I always wanted to like get out, talk to people yeah. outside, you know, uh, out uh, in nature, preferably, you know, and uh it's it feels a lot less like an interview and a lot more just like a conversation yeah whereas if you put like a desk here and we're like you know you're in a room for and sure you got the mic stand and everything yeah. and like it kind of like notches up the intensity a little bit yeah. out here it's like hard not to be anything but relaxed yeah absolutely it's like like i mentioned if i have free time and i have a choice of where i want to go i want to go be outside somewhere for sure <laughs> that's all week when I'm working. That's where I'm dreaming where I can be at. So, yeah. <laughs> tell me, uh, I, I again, man, I don't know anything about you. So yeah. it's, I mean, other than what I see on Instagram and yeah. what I watched on the race. So, I'm, I'm really just interested and excited to get to know you a little bit more. But uh, I'm curious, are you an uh, an Arkansas native, or did you move here? I grew up. I was born in Missouri, St. Peter's, Missouri. 
Was so there not too far away, I'm guessing? Not too far away. It's kind of close to St. Louis, so it's actually not too close, but I it you. borders Arkansas. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> moved here when I was in second grade, and I was here from second grade until somewhere in college, and I eventually dropped out. Um, so Arkansas for a long time, went out west, lived in Utah, lived in Alaska, lived in Utah again, and then ultimately moved back to Arkansas. What were you doing bouncing all around? Just working or were you adventuring? Or? Just seasonal work, trying to see new spots. So I initially went out to Salt Lake. I dropped out of college. I started off in engineering and I hated it. It was awful. Was high school, 4.0 students. So basically you were, hey, you're going to be a lawyer. You're going to be an engineer. Are you going to look into being a doctor? This is what everybody's saying already. So I already had this pressure graduating high school. And and just to interject real quick, is that what, like at that time in your life at 18, 17 with the 4.0, is that what you thought you wanted to is like the yeah. standard American? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I hear that. There was always a part of me that's like, oh, but if I was really good at basketball or cross country, whatever sport I was doing at the time, that was right. always, I wanted to be like a professional athlete. That's right. what it always really was. After a while, I stopped saying it, but I was always working at it. You yeah, know? I hear you. And, but yeah, I thought I was going to be doing one of those things and I just hit a point where it didn't make sense to me. Why, why do I need to make this money? Why do I need to have a high paying salary because I'm smart? And that's, it stopped making sense to me. I wanted to go do things. In college, I had some freedom. I had a car. I didn't have to report back to a certain place. I would just start skipping classes and be like, I'm going to go rock climbing. Like, are you kidding me? This place is incredible. Mm -hmm. Look at all the stuff I can do. So I kept taking trips outdoors, started even taking road trips out of the state for rock climbing. I just got really obsessed with rock climbing. And that's all I cared about was I'm going to get as much free time as I can so I can be outside and climb rocks. And I talk to more and more people that come from rock climbing into cycling. There's a certain culture to it where people that when they get in it, they're they're obsessed with it. Yeah. And it's the same kind of it's thing. It's like this whole dirtbag culture of right. there's a ton of vans <laughs> and trucks and you I don't feel really know what anyone, with climbers yeah. for sure. Like <laughs> when I was interviewing Lael, I needed a place to van camp, mm -hmm. and uh, I saw a group of dirt bag in a white, you know, Chevy uh, camper van, and I went over. I was like, "Hey, where's a good place to uh, van camp?" Be like, "Here, here, 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 mm -hmm. here." You know, those are. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I get it. It's cool. Those are the. We're, there's a like I said. There's like a kinship there. Yeah, and so it's this whole idea of how can I work as little as possible to fully just chase this dream of climbing rocks and trying to be this professional like athlete that gets to travel and pursue big objectives. That's what I was really excited on was one, I just absolutely loved it. It just was moving meditation to me required you physically and mentally like every single bit of your attention. And so I loved just kind of escaping your day-to-day -day life and just being so fully in the moment. That's really what it is, is when you can feel in the moment, it's hard to beat that. People get glimpses of that when they watch a football game and it's in overtime and no one knows what's going to happen. It's That's how a lot of people find their 
in the moment. I feel like they're even like living their moment through somebody else on the screen. Exactly. Like they're living, exactly. they're trying to like live those moments, but there's but so much they're not of, living their own moment, mm-hmm. you know? It's that day-to-day routine where sometimes that's the only way someone can break out of the routine and have a feel in the moment per se is maybe it's watching a movie, some action thriller and fish. Oh, something's cool. going fishing. I think that uh, bird just went fishing. Hell yeah. Now we're talking nature. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why you sit outside because you just get to see wildlife every once in a while. Doing Um, its thing. Yeah. So a little sidetracked, but basically just really became obsessed with the idea of maximizing my free time and pursuing hard efforts that required both my brain and like my body. And so that kind of transitioned into mountains and I got really into peak bagging and excuse me peak bagging. So basically like there's a peak over there. I'm going to go stand on the top of it. Okay. And so it's Is it like tea bagging. <laughs> it's not, not tea bagging. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Sorry for, I don't know why that's peak, basically peak if you bagging. get multiple ones in one outing, then it's kind of like you're, bagging each one like oh, okay. i went out and i, I bagged did it. five of those in one I, go okay totally got yeah. it yeah so it was this weird transition because there's this big solo experience and so it'd be like here's this ridge line i want to go stand on top of every single mountain on that ridge line and i want to get back to my car and drive back to work hmm. like i have two days off this is what i'm going to go do and so that's just evolved over time like so break this down for me um i look at everything like on a timeline okay. like yeah so you get out of like high school you get into college and then at some point you're like ah eh. at what point was your mind set on this life that you're pursuing yeah that's such a wise thing to like maximize the value of your life like maximize the things that you're doing and the value that you're getting out of your lives and chasing the things that make you happy. Like that's a very wise thing that for some reason, most people don't figure out. But so I'm very curious, like at what point you kind of like really honed in on it. Cause you're, how old are you? You're still young. I'm 28 turning 29 next month. Yeah. Um, So you figure this kind of stuff out pretty young. Well, you say figure it out. It's, it's questionable because there's times where I'm the flip end of the spectrum and I'm like, man, if I was just, working some steady career, making good money, not stressing about living day to day financially and being able to just buy nice things like a, like a baller bike, you know, put all the cool things on it. And it's instead just living on the fringe for years and years on end. It's, you get a ton of rewarding moments from it. And at the same time, it's it's work. It's uncomfortable. I think yeah. that's what a big part of it is, is you have to be uncomfortable. But both of them are work. That's the thing, true. right? Is like Very true. having the big house and the nice yeah. car and all that, that's work. Yeah. And it comes at a price. And the price is all the things that you're doing. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so both of them are work. But what we're talking about is what are you getting out of it? What is yeah. the reward? What is the work and reward that you're getting? Yeah. And... I moved out at 17 and I've been on my own yeah. for a long time. Like I know what it's like to like always be like 
ne- or you had to uh, to never be sure about anything. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think for some people, like I've just learned to accept that. Um, I don't think I was cut out to do it the other way, you know, like for whatever reason. So I might as well not fight it. I might as well just like, okay, yeah. well, this is who I am. So for sure, just kind of go and do it. Yeah, I think that's the case for a lot of people. I don't think one way is right or wrong for sure obviously it's you just have to do what's right for you and i think that somewhere along the line people kind of forget what makes them happy and like one thing i love asking someone is what are you passionate about you ask that question and a lot of people freeze it's like well i'm not gonna freeze like i hmm and then if they start talking about a tv show or a movie or something like that i'm like wait a second like think about that what about what are you passionate about what are you, what are you doing and so it's been a lot of years of surrounding myself with passionate people that's that plays a key factor in it is yeah when you're surrounded by so whenever i was living up in alaska you're surrounded by people someone's there because they're obsessed with kayaking and there's this insanely good kayaking <laughs> and on their day off they get to go do it or someone else they're obsessed with like bouldering, if you're familiar with bouldering, where you just climb smaller rocks, like yeah. smaller versions of it, or someone just really loves trail running. And so no matter what it is, there's a reason someone went to that spot with seasonal work. So that's that was a really addicting thing about seasonal work. I never is thought about that. Everyone you're surrounded with is there for a reason. Mm. Like there's some people that are um, locals and they're like, oh, it's just like a job where I work. But for the most part, seasonal work brings people from all over. And so and the money's good too, right? It's good enough to where the goal is you work for that season really, really hard, and then you have some spare cash that you're able to save up, and then you have like a month to do a road trip. And so you just do as much as you want to do in that month. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, then it's time to start the next seasonal gig. So it's ways to hustle to where you can have a nice burst of free time, essentially. Dude, I mean, the way I look at it, as a 41-year-old guy... I mean, I got married so young, you know, and like I I went down that, you know, house, kids, family, like route, this just standard American thing. And I, of course you don't regret it. I mean, you live your life and, and stuff, but like, I do think that, um, you know, you're at the time of your life and like you're doing it at, at the right time. Like these are the times when you should be taking a risk and exploring your passion because life is long, you know, mm-hmm. and if you don't, if you're not feeling anything, like these are the times when you should be really pushing it. My dad died at 58, and the only thing he ever did is work. I mean, he worked two, three jobs his whole life, and yeah. like never went on vacation, never did anything. He just yeah. freaking worked, and uh, that really hit me. You know, it's like you could do that. You know, you could like just work and then die. Yeah, that's an option. Mm-hmm. And that was the turning point for me. It was when I was like, man, you know, and, but that's what it took for me to kind of be like, there's more to life yeah. than just working and, and having things. You yeah. Know, there's way more. Yeah. And that's, what's cool to see with how you're trying to transition this into like your job. Right. Heck I was on yeah. your website earlier <laughs> and what I loved is I haven't been on your website in a little while, but I looked at the section where it's, a job application <laughs> that you posted that basically you're trying to apply to be a full-time podcast producer, right? Yeah. And hire me. It was, it was so cool. <laughs> and I've seen you do several things like that where this is what you're trying to do all the time. 
And the thing is, you're not trying to be a bum that just hangs out in the woods all the time. Like you're trying to give to the community, right? And you found a way to where you can meaningfully give to a community where people can relate and it can inspire them in some way, or maybe it just is really great on long road trips to just have something to listen to. Yeah. I specifically queued up certain episodes that you've done for like the Arkansas High Country, for exa- example. Like you had you had ones that you knew you were going to listen yep, to? Oh, interesting. For sure. So like with Sophie on, mm-hmm. I was like, all right, you're not going to listen to it night one when you pull an all-nighter because you know you can pull that all-nighter no matter what. You're right. going to listen to it night two whenever it really starts to suck right. and you've never pulled two full all-nighters in a row in your entire life and you're going to listen to Sophie on and Patrick talk and you're going to be like, oh, Sophie on's a dude that lives in another country, that rides his bike a lot, and he pulls all-nighters. If he can do it, why can't I do it? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know until I try, right? So that's basically what it was. That, and then um, I think there's another one with James Hayden. Oh, yeah. That, where he went through some serious shit. I forget which country he was in. Wasn't he getting held up by rebels or something like that? Uh, just robbers. Yeah. Robbers on horseback. Yeah. That, like in the middle of the race. It was, I, I don't remember the details enough to like recant them perfectly, but yeah. he essentially got robbed uh, in the middle of the night, like in a foreign country. So I listened to that whenever I'm just feeling tired. I've been and, riding my bike for three he days. went on to what, get fourth or second or something? I forget which race. Um, I can't remember, but I mean, he went. I mean, he's, he's one like, of the best in the game right now. So that's another yeah. part of it too, is I want to hear from the best people in the game and be like, what is your mindset? What are you thinking? What are you doing preparing for these races? You just got to try to emulate what the best are doing. It's fun to be able to talk to these people yeah like, i mean to talk to you to talk to anybody and that's the fun about a podcast because that's that's all i wanted to know was like all you're seeing is dots and maybe a social For media sure. post and that's it i mean there's not mm-hmm. books written there's not mm-hmm. you know seminars there's not like anything yeah. so i'm like well i'll just start asking there's so many incredible stories and that's <laughs> yeah. i've been wanting more podcasts about it so i love that you're doing it because i want more i want i want more episodes Hire me. Hire exactly me. i will exactly. pump out so many podcasts exactly. you have no idea and there's been stuff i've been dying to talk about and i'm like shit how how can i share any of this and i've thought a couple times about starting a podcast just because i want more people talking about it yeah you um so that's why I am so psyched that you're here and I wanted to do the coffee outside and gear swap this morning because I just want more people to know what you're doing because I think that you should definitely have this job and the community sees value in it. And that's essentially, I'm trying to do something too where I want to find a way to give back to the community and in turn, it helps me too. If yeah. you found something that makes you really, really happy and you can help other people with it, then, man, there's people that believe in that and should be able to make it happen. Can you believe how well you can do at something if you have, like, 
the support, the financial resources yeah. and the passion and the like all the things yeah. like, let's say for you as a racer, like if you didn't have the financial pressure, if you didn't have to go work mm-hmm. a job, like if you could have a coach and all the, like, if you could, like, can you imagine how unlimited your potential could be? I guess I don't, you don't know until you find out. Yeah. But well, I, I mean, can imagine. So with coaching, I have been getting some help with coaching. So that's been one cool yeah. step since the high country is everything leading up to it was me just trying to figure out how to train on a bike for this wacky distance (laughs) and game of not sleeping and stuff. So Ernie and Scotty, who have had the FKT twice on the Arkansas high country, um, (laughs) they helped me go through this whole base phase of training, basically all winter, getting my fitness up. So it's been really awesome getting knowledge from them because they've been riding bikes for a really long time. I really love Scotty and Ernie. Um, For anyone who doesn't happen to know, I recorded an episode with them. I don't remember what number it was, but at the coffee outside, and by the way, thank you for organizing that, and thank you for everybody who came. Uh, It was, I mean, it's nice when you throw a party and people come, right? And there was a good turnout today. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Uh, So Ernie wasn't there, but, but Scotty was. And I was just reminiscing on how much I enjoyed getting to meet them both for the first time. And and just, again, you know, you don't really know these people. They're just, they're, oh, they're ex-pro uh, road cyclists. And then they came over to this. It's like, okay. Yeah. yeah. But you just don't know. And, and I remember just like loving, just loving sitting down and talking to both of them. Absolutely. That's so much fun. So that's another one worth going back yeah, and listening for to. Sure. Yeah, it's cool that people uh, get inspiration from from the podcast. Um, I I certainly do. I mean, that's I mean, how could you not, right? Mm-hmm. Like interview all these people. Yeah. So, how did you get to? What brought you back to Arkansas? Yeah. After that's all a great your question. gallivanting, for over sure. The... So when I left Arkansas, I remember saying to one of my housemates at the time. I'm leaving Arkansas, and I'm never going to live here again. (laughs) I just had this idea of the grass is always greener. The West is the promised land. The South is dumb. People don't understand what it is to go play outdoors. I don't know. It was weird. I would think I was just bitter about some stuff. Sure. Maybe, like, the school system and how you're supposed to go with the rest of your life, I guess. I don't know. But so I left and spent all these years trying to figure out what I want to do with my life. Just, you know, just that bummed out. What do I do with my life, man? I just can't figure it out. (laughs) Years. That's what, that was me. (laughs) Like, what's the point? And so some of it was playing around the mountains. I had to go scare myself to the point of where I thought I would die and then it'd make me feel alive. And I'd be like, okay, this is good. That's these little good. these little bursts of getting scared so much for life that you're like, oh, it's okay. This this is something. This is I don't know. What ways were you pushing yourself? Like just putting yourself in unsafe situations or are you like bungee jumping and skydiving? No, like, which, it wasn't anything which... like that. It was more I'm going to go stand on top of said mountain and it's mountains where there's no research on it. Really. There's no information online on how to go about it. Oh yeah. You, you just don't know. 
it's Adventure. what's the best way? Is it the north face, the south face coming up from this ridge line? Yeah. So you really have no idea. So I would just launch out and choose what I thought was a good line with no information about it and get in these situations where one little mistake and you're dead. Like as simple as that. It's And I would sometimes find myself in those situations and just pause for 15, 20 seconds and just kind of like soak that in. Be like, hey, you are so alive right now that one little thing is over. And so that got addicting in a weird way where I'm like, whoa, this is way better than any drug. This is, you can't be more in the moment than this. Kind of coming back to that whole thing of being in the moment. When your moment is life and just death. life and death, and that that doesn't as, get more like fuck, real than that. And fuck so, bikes or death. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for for real, like life I mean, or death. Like I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like when everything that you do, every I I haven't been in very many situations that I, I think were quite as extreme as you, but I've been in situations where I've been very aware yeah. of the importance of everything that I'm doing yeah. and knowing that all of them matter. You know what I'm For saying? Sure. You know what I'm saying. For yeah. sure. And so it helped me work through some depression for sure. Just it was my way of coping with the world and things. And over time, I've been able to kind of heal myself from whatever I needed to heal myself from, I guess. But I've found, finally found the outlet of bikes where I can push my mind and body that far, but it doesn't have to be in necessarily a life or death situation. Yeah. Like you can still die bikepacking or riding your bike in your neighborhood, but it's a little bit different because you can push your body beyond what you can do. I don't know where I'm going with that, but basically you can collapse on the bike and keep going. So that's well, the weird thing. <laughs> well, it's, it's not life or death, right? Like mm -hmm. you're still finding limits. You're mm -hmm. able to push yourself and find mm -hmm. limits. I mean, you're not done finding your limits. I know yeah. that for yeah. a fact, uh, yeah. you know, but what you were doing was could potentially get you killed. Yeah. What you're doing now could potentially get you killed, but with a lot less probability. Exactly. Exactly. But it gives me the same rush. Right. So that's that's the cool thing. I'm like, okay, my family's going to appreciate this a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, my family's always tried to be supportive. Like, we love you, son. You're doing some crazy shit, though. And so. I wonder, man, I, this is what I struggle with. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, but not at all. You said I didn't know what I was working through. And I know that for myself, what I had to work through was like just feeling like I'd been lied to my whole life, you know, like feeling like there was this whole other life that was here this whole time and like no one told me, yeah. which again, the podcast is just like, I'm going to shoot it from the rooftops because mm -hmm. I think these things matter, you know, and like, I don't, I don't know. I want people to have these kind of opportunities if they want to have them. Yeah. You know, I mean, it makes me think about. I was in journalism for a while in college, okay. and we had a guy that showed up. He was a, a guest speaker for the class, I guess. And he basically talked about all these cool things he was doing in the world, traveling around, telling stories, taking photos. And it just blew me away. I'm like, this is your life? How is this your life? Like, I want to know. Give me, like, the steps. And he was just so, you just got to do it, man. And I was like, what? No. Like, what do you mean? Like, mm -hmm. can you write down the steps of just doing it? And there's, there aren't any steps. Yeah. Everyone's fucking figuring it out as they go. 100%. Anyone that 
creates a, their own job out of their own passion, there is no framework for it. No. And so you just have to keep doing it until either you're like, this isn't worth it anymore, or you figure it out. Yeah. Or you never figure it out, but you're always trying, and at least you're chasing what you want to do. So Yeah, I, don't, I mean, that's, that's the journey of life. You never know if you're going to hit it or not but it should be the pursuit of trying right you know right. i mean like i mean not to sound too cliche but i mean 100% i feel like everything in my life has led up to the podcast and that like in weird ways even growing up mormon being comfortable like in mormonism you have to talk in front of the congregation all the time yeah. so learning to talk and communicate with people um being like not too nervous to talk to people and stuff like you know just everything is like kind of lined up but it's like you say like you have to just do it like there mm -hmm. is there wasn't a roadmap i didn't set out with a business plan or a mission statement or any idea what i did was doing i literally just bought equipment and started talking to people and yeah. as it's gone along i've like okay well let me shape it into something yeah. you know i'm sure yeah. you might know a little bit about that with ozark gravel cyclist ogc yeah. that's what you call it ogc yeah. <laughs> but it's what you're saying is basically a few people, they recognize what you're doing. That's what some of it is, is they recognize that you're doing this and they're like, hey, we appreciate you doing this. Let's see more, we love it. And so that's exactly what you've been doing with the podcast is you got some fans and they're like, this is sick, keep doing it. You got some feedback. Yeah. Like there is a need for it or a want for it at least. And so the more yeah. and more people that speak up and say, hey, this is, the cycling world needs this. And you can find that in so many different outlets. So for me, I'm trying to create like cycling routes out here in the Ozark National Forest. That's, right. that's what I want to do because I get to go ride my bike in this incredible landscape. But while I'm doing that, checking out new roads, all the stuff, I'm also training for like personal objectives. It's, it's helping me out, but it's also helping out other people. You gotta, right. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think that is an important point is that at least from my standpoint, like you're saying yours, is like there should be a component of giving back and it yeah. can't be just like, okay, well, what am I going to, yeah. what am I getting out yeah, of this? Exactly. You know? And I mean, anyone who starts anything like this is just out of pure passion and love for the sport and the community. Like, yeah. no, there's no guarantees. Like, if we're talking about the steps to success <laughs> as a at ultra endurance bike packer <laughs> or as like, yeah. you know, doing a podcast or doing your gravel cycle community, yeah. like, we're, we're in a new community. We're mm -hmm. in a new um, sport. And that's the exciting part is we're getting an opportunity to be involved in yeah. actually shaping the future For of sure. what is this going to look like? Yeah. You know, what does gravel look yeah. like? What is going and bikepacking and mm -hmm. racing? And what are the ethics of that? Yeah. We, we get to talk about those yeah. things and be examples of that yeah. and all those things. And that's something I really wanted to touch on that reminds me of is basically with bikepacking racing taking off in the country like there's got to be some ground rules right <laughs> and that's where i've been seeing some really interesting shifts in like the local community and nationwide i don't know of a ton of bikepacking races you got your classics you got the tour divide you got the colorado trail you got what the Arizona Trail? What are some of the other? I mean, some people are even like, what are the classics in America for bikepacking racing? Like, what what would you put on there if you had to name 
top five bikepacking races in the United States right now. What's what's on that list? I would say only from my perspective, but Arkansas High Country is on there. Tour Divide is on there. Arizona Trail Race is on there. Colorado Trail Race. So that's four. And then TNG, uh, Trans North Georgia. Okay. Yeah, those are the top five that just popped in my head. Okay, cool. Yeah, so obviously, if we had to pause for a second, even think of five, it's pretty fresh, right? Yeah. And so with the Arkansas High Country route, it's pretty bizarre in the fact that you can go either direction. Mm -hmm. You can start anywhere on it. Like Colorado Trail, it's pretty obvious either you start at the north end of it or the south end of it. Sure. There's certain things like that where it's not a loop and it's, it is what it is. And so when it comes to individual time trials, that's where I'm really interested in all of it. I don't necessarily think that I'm going to be chasing races all the time because the end of the day, it's the route that inspires me. Hmm. And I want to put in the best effort I can possibly put in on that route. And so I've only done one bikepacking race so far. And I found that I wasn't even planning on doing it in the first place. Really? <laughs> yeah. So I didn't, I decided pretty late as well. It was sometime in September where I decided I was going to do the Arkansas high country race. I gotcha. I did it over the summer already. So I already saw all of it, like the summer, just a few months before yeah. June. So I guess a little bit. But you more just wrote it like touring it or Well, like it's this how- weird mix of going hard and taking breaks. So <laughs> with what mindset? Yeah. With like maybe I'll race it or just because well, it's there? It sounded really, really cool. And I just got back to Arkansas and I was just riding everything I could because all of it was new to me. I had ridden bikes in Arkansas some, but never gravel. Yeah. And so I just went nuts. <laughs> like, as soon as I started writing some of the stuff, I was like, I got to see more. I got to see more. This is all incredible. And so I just went berserk, basically riding all the gravel I could. And one of my homies, Jesse Turner, like huge part of me learning what I've learned so far was him taking me in and being like, oh yeah, here's, here's a bunch of great local roads. By the way, this is what gravel is like um this slow is how you southern descend steel. yeah slow southern steel uh this is how you descend this is how you pack the bike all kinds of stuff like i didn't know shit yeah. i rode fixed gear bikes it's great to have a mentor yeah and so do what you said you rode fixed coming into this yeah fixed gear really okay. um for so yeah the whole gravel and, and gravel bike packing new. stuff was i think like, we're right around a year of me riding gravel Right, right now. Right now. Oh, At least since getting the Warbird. <laughs> so I had a specialized Roubaix. You got a Warbird a year ago? It was sometime in May. Was, so you went balls deep. Yeah. You didn't go crazy. You yeah. went balls deep. Yeah. <laughs> for lack of a better term, for Sorry. sure. <laughs> no, I love it. <laughs> Someone called me out for using ass rape in the podcast the other day. I do remember that. So like, it takes a lot for me to be like, whoa, that was, that was they really said something. <laughs> I remember I was like cooking or doing dishes or something. I had my headphones. I do that. I'll listen to your podcast sometimes or other podcasts while I'm doing. Oh, I do it all the time. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, so sometimes you zone out and then, yeah. yeah. You said that. I was like, huh, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> it la- I laughed though. I was just like by myself in my apartment and laughed. I'll, t- I'll take the opportunity to, to take it back. I <laughs> I uh, to- took a moment to, re- that's the thing is like you record a podcast and you say shit and yeah. then like, I didn't even know I said it to be honest with you. Uh, someone emailed me and they're like, 
you know, mm. they're like, hey, you know, I'm, you know, maybe that's not the best. Yeah. And I was like, did I say it or did the other guy say it? <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck are we talking about? Well, kind of like we're getting into the one we're trying to figure out what are even the top five bikepacking races in the country, but then talking about ground rules. So what are the common rules of bikepacking when it comes to racing in the first place? So I feel like you kind of always go back to the tour divide. What are the rules and ethics of the tour divide? It seems like yeah. that's kind of like the first. It's like the golden rule exactly. of bikepacking. Exactly. Kind of. And so whenever I get really into a new hobby, so I've been chasing passion for years, like trying to find the right thing. And so I learned a ton about mountaineering and alpinism or rock climbing or this or that. And so now it's bikepacking. So I want to know the whole history of it. Because if I'm going to put my heart and soul into it, I need to know who the people have been leading up to it. What's the history? I don't want to come in some brand new person and be like, la di da di da this is how I think it should be. Yeah. Like, no, fuck that. Let's, let's go back to the beginning and what has it become up to this point? And like, let's yeah. be respectful to the past, but look into the future. I have to tell you, I was just telling Seth Wood on the last, when I was just in Stillwater, yeah. wh what I'm going to do. And I was just on the phone with Mike, you know, Mike Dion, that yes. did uh, the Ride the Divi yeah. Divide film. Yeah. Uh, so I was just on the phone with him a couple of days ago and telling him that what I want to do with the podcast is, well, like just one segment is I want to do a like bikepacking OG history kind yes. of and like capture all yes. of those stories from the beginning. Yeah before you know i mean i don't know i mean not before they're dead but just i mean everybody's yeah. memories fade mm -hmm. and stuff you know and so like i just want to start capturing like yeah. those stories because we do need i mean unless there's old like message you know there's old message boards you can like dig up and stuff like that but that's about it there's yeah. uh the old mtb cast that has some stuff on there but mm -hmm. yeah that's that's the next uh mission of mine that's so, incredible that's we need that and that's we should hire you. <laughs> so, hire me. Yeah. So yeah, I no, do we, that. we need yeah. that. And I keep referencing back to like the mountains and rock climbing and stuff, but they've made films and documentaries about this, like the Valley Uprising with rock climbing, where basically here is rock climbing history in the United States. It's a great this is film. the different eras. This is where it is now, but it's because of everything leading up to it. So you got to, with FKTs in general, I feel like you're always chasing a cleaner and cleaner style to do it. So in FKT, fastest known time, I think the purest form is where you take no help from anybody and you only use resources that'd be available to anyone. Yes. If any other rider decided to do it at the same time, there shouldn't be a cooler along the trail with your favorite drinks and snacks but not a cooler next to it for the other person. Yeah, um, I agree. I don't think there should be coolers on the trail, period. I agree. <laughs> and I think that it's incredible that the community wants to come out and be like, hey, here's a water bottle, here's there, here's this, here's that. I think that's really cool. It makes sense whenever it's the very beginning of a race where everybody's passing through at the same time or something, or if there were like stop times and start times. But if it's one continuous effort, if 20 people come out to help someone on their FKT effort and another person that's like, say he has a six day time frame. So for me, 
for instance. Next time I try the high country, I want to do it as the FKT, and I want to chase it in the purest style possible. I shouldn't be able to tell all my friends that live in the area just because I live here. They're like, hey, you post up in that area and be ready to help me out. You post up here. You post up here. Yeah, for sure. It's Someone should be able to drive from another state on the spot like Dylan just did. Dylan decided to do the high country again. Um, Who's Dylan? Dylan Morton. So he was in the race. Okay. Unfortunate um, mechanical over by Poto Mountain. I feel like I remember Made this, of salt, but... if we're going back to huh? uh, Instagram handles, made of salt. Okay, yes. Yes. I know made of salt. Yes, great dude. So his <laughs> so, name's yeah. Dylan Morton. Thank you. He yeah, came back that's... to do it again, killed it. Like, it was awesome to see him knock it out. And uh, a guy from uh, my my area was just up here that was on the podcast, Mark McGraw. Yes. Did you? Yeah, he, so he's from my neck of the woods. Yeah. And he uh, he was the unofficial winner of the local uh, Grand Gravel 500. I listened. You had a podcast with yeah. him. Yeah. So, yeah he, yeah. he was just out here teching on. The, I, I haven't seen how he did or whatever, but I know he was just out here. Was he doing an ITT of it? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, he's out here doing uh, He might actually still be on it. That's I don't so really, awesome. That's I don't really so know, awesome. but yeah, go Mark. Yeah, right? Shout out Mark McGraw. Shout out Mark McGraw. Go get it, buddy. And that's what I love is that... Uh, I remember listening to that podcast and him being like, man, you know what? I need just a little bit more training and time before I go back to tackle this again. Yeah. And that's that'd be for me for the FK, like going for an FKT attempt or just the best time I can put out is I want to take time to train and scout more sections. And like whenever I try it again, it's going to be an ITT and me just going out of my brain for (laughs) however many days. Why is that? Is that based on your experience that you had? You don't want to be in the the race, you know, atmosphere. Uh, or what? It took for a lot of years. I just didn't like the idea of competition at all. I always yeah. wanted to. If it was competition, it was against the mountain or against yeah, you myself, against, yeah, or you whatever. Elements, like, you against it didn't, yourself. Like it didn't matter if it was someone else did it or whatever. Is was I able to do it? And so, like I mentioned, I didn't plan on doing the race, but kind of had a few people like, hey, just do it. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, man, I'm going to be watching it. And the whole time kind of wonder if I was trying it too, how would I, I mean, basically compare to others. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. Part of it was, hey, if I happen to win this thing, because I was confident and like my fitness was there, I've done a bunch of suffer fests in the past and I like, I know how to suffer. I was like, man, if I happen to win this thing, then maybe some company out there would be like, hey, you're cool. We want to help support you, like, do more bike things, like ride your bike more. Right. And so it wasn't really about winning. It was more about like, hey, here's an opportunity to maybe, like, pursue my dream. And so that's really what it was. And you go do an FKT I've done so many things in the past where you do it, and then if you don't tell people or don't have a good way to tell people, then no one even really knows. Yeah. Like, I've done some really big things that, like, I'd nearly die or I snap myself in <laughs> half and, like, crawl back to the car Nobody at the end. Knows about it. And I'm like, dude, I just read this article about, like, how only five people have ever done this ever. And, like, this person's a pro athlete. This person's a pro. Like, every single person is a, a name you know. And then I'm like, I was number six, but I don't know how to tell people and I like part of me just didn't care either it's like I did it that was sweet I know I can play these games 
That's super interesting to hear about your, yeah, your history um, in different areas, testing yourself, finding out your limits, you know, putting yourself in really scary situations and obviously living through them and coming out the other side. Like those grow you as a person and those always stick with you. And no matter what kind of physical shape you're in, you can always go back to that, you know. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting like to know that about you as a person yeah. and then put that in perspective of of the high country and like know how deep you can di- dig every time you go deeper it's your new baseline yeah so uh, scary whenever you're doing something it's like oh i remember this one time where it was worse yeah and so you can always go all the way up to the line where you're like this is the worst yeah. it's ever been like anybody can do that this is the worst it's ever been and then from there it's like are you willing to launch beyond that yeah so that's where a lot of people deep space like, cut it off right there they're like okay i've reached this like spot i've been well it's interesting i don't know are you familiar with david goggins yeah 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 so he talks about 100 percent is death if you give 100 percent to something exactly you're dead exactly That's dead and i like that looking at it that way you yeah. know and so like how far are you pushing it are yeah. you at 99 percent, 99.5 yeah you know, but I like that if you look at like a hundred, if you give a hundred percent, well, I guess unless you like hundred percent cliffhanger and like grab onto it and then you, but yeah. you know what I'm like saying. Like you, you collapse at the finish line or something <laughs> like that, right? Yeah. And you uh, collapse at the finish line. So that's, that's kind of what it was is doing a bunch of those kind of efforts. And then leading up to the high country, I was thinking to myself, okay, you're going to race you're going to hurt yourself more than you've ever hurt yourself in your entire life. Now, can you pause real yeah. quick? And like, you're thinking this before Ted King showed up and like made his presence known or, or after that? It was... Because I'd like to know how your yeah, mentality shifted, totally, if at totally. all, when Ted King signed so, up. So leading up to it, I was already, well, like I mentioned, uh, like a month out, I decided I was going to do it. Yeah. And all of September, I was sleep deprived for an entire month, which I've never experienced in my life. For an entire month, our bike shop had a competition where whoever got the most miles in this month got a prize. <laughs> and I was like, I-, I think I can ride a lot of miles. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to partake in this. Still working 40 hours a week. So all they said was, it's going to be better than a taco and a t-shirt. And if it's a bike shop saying that to 13 bike shops that they own, it's probably going to be something bike related. And I was like, hey, I'm signed up for this race. Maybe I could get something better than the intro group set on the Warbird. Yeah, something. Like, I have the entry level Warbird. I have nothing fancy. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, I can't afford a new group set or something like that. Let's just ride a ton of miles and maybe I can get a slight upgrade on the bike to help with the race. And so turned out there's a few people willing to throw down <laughs> <laughs> who would have thought yeah. who would have thought <laughs> that's funny and so it was late in the month there's like a few days left and there's me and another guy like he does a century i do a century he does a century i do a century and uh, i mean i'm doing this after i clock out at like seven o'clock at night yeah i'll be that's I'll go ride my bike, bike till packing th- training. Yeah, I'll go ride my bike till three or four in the morning because I need to make up some miles and then I'll sleep for a few hours and go to work. And then I would see that 
He's riding road, by the way, which he put in miles. It's awesome. But the miles I was putting in is like, I'm putting in, for the most part, gravel miles in the Ozarks with stupid, crazy elevation. Like this is... So it was a, it was a miles competition, not yeah. an hours competition? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I spent way, like way too many hours because yeah. I'm like, I'm still going to go train and see these roads I need to see and this and that. And uh, yeah, I got to the end of the month and I was like, sick did it. What am I going to be able to do to my bike to make it a little bit more awesome? Nothing, nothing, nothing. Didn't hear anything. Well, you won. I won. And so that was like September. I'm like, this probably isn't efficient training. It got to a point where I was like, this is not good training. Like (laughs) I'm definitely going to be weaker by the end of this because I'm going to need a lot of time to recover. (laughs) Yeah. But so like that was kind of leading up to the race. And then what'd you win? It was after the race, but oh, you didn't I find did, out till after. Yeah, okay. Um, I did end up getting like some carbon wheels, so I'm really happy about that. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So that was leading up to it, and then I knew Dylan was coming to do it. I had recently started chatting with Jesse out in Oregon. He's done a lot of endurance racing, bikepacking racing. He's been over. I think he did the Atlas Mountain race. So there's these people coming in, and I'm like, whoa, they've they've done a lot of racing. Dylan's done the Tour Divide. Jesse has his own race. Jesse has his own race now, the Big Lonely, which this is going to be the second year of it. And then I heard like some of the district crew. I'm like, oh, man, they sound like some serious dudes. And so uh-huh. I was like, man, this is, this is some stout competition. I don't know. Like, I have some fitness, and I have some, like, stupid perseverance, but... I don't know how to fix a bike (laughs) (laughs) and I don't really know the game of bikepacking. I've never done a race before. I barely know gravel. Like I've done it for a year now. And so, so you hadn't played around with like sleep deprivation. Yeah. Like I've played around with sleep deprivation a few times. I've pulled some all nighters in the mountains. I've, I've pulled one all nighter on a bike before and I was like, okay, like I kind of know I can do that much. So already I was kind of like, okay, I think I can be towards the front, but I don't know how it will play out. And so a couple of weeks later, like you mentioned, whenever Ted King signed up and it's in Velo News, it's like, I'm like, man, shit, like they're blowing this up. I was like, fuck, like that's a strong dude. Like that's, that's a guy where he's world tour cycling is another level. That's, it takes so much to get to that level. It's insane. And you don't get that with a few years of riding fixed gear bikes and like swapping around. Like whenever I was rock climbing a ton, I stopped doing anything with my legs. Cause I was like, if you get more muscle in your legs, you're going to be heavier. Dead weight to like, carry. Well, you don't like your legs, you use them That's your feet. That's so, I never sure. thought about that. So yeah. there'd be phases where I'm listening to what the best rock climbers are doing. I'm like, okay, stop all anything that would make my legs heavier. And so I would have a year or two where I didn't really do anything with my legs and then so like i was doing the opposite of like training i saw a guy listen i saw a guy today i shit you not i had to go to dollar tree to pick up some batteries for the for my little recorder what your setup is i'm I'm impressed with your setup man i like it it's pretty simple but it works works really well and uh i shit you not there was a u-haul right next door like 100 feet a guy drove his golf cart next door to dollar tree to go get his chips and soda and then drove his golf cart back yeah yeah that's what made me think of hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so ted king signs up belanese blah 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 so in there 
in the article, it's like, hey, he's brand new to bikepacking. So already in my head, I'm like, I forgot about all the competition. Only I'm thinking about Ted King. I'm like, wait a second. He's never bikepacked before. Mm -hmm. And so there's all these little things. I'm like, hey, there's little weaknesses in this armor. But then I would stop for a second and be like, Andrew, you barely know what bikepacking is. Uh. You've never been in a bikepacking <laughs> race before. So all these things are like, these are like chinks in his armor per se or whatever. I'd look back at myself and be like, oh shit, dude, like neither of you, like, yeah, <laughs> like just cause you've been riding gravel a ton recently doesn't make up for like two decades of cycling. Someone's been doing leading up to it. But in your defense, you were trying to, and maybe you weren't thinking about it this way at the time, but you were trying to mentally prepare yourself to get ready to go against the guys. Yeah. So like, yeah, really, you know, if you were like, yeah. you're like, oh, I see a chink, I see yeah, a chink. And sure. if you were feeling confident, you should ideally as an athlete, you yeah. should feel confident, yeah. that confident. How can you push yourself yeah. that far if you don't have confidence exactly. in yourself that you can do it? Yeah. And the mental game is huge. And so... That was part of it. And it'd be hilarious because I'd just be like at work 40 hours a week. I'd pull up the computer, read the Vela News article during work and like coworkers would be around me and they'll be like, oh, what do you think about that? And this and that. And so I'm just on the daily grind thinking about how I'm going to, I don't know. It's We're living two very different lifestyles to say the least. Yeah. And so... Well, I even talked to him about it on on the episode that I did with him about, I mean, you know, he's a professional athlete yeah, with for sure. every resource at his disposal. I mean, that's not a secret. He just has worked really hard, like you yeah. said. He didn't just get there. Exactly. He worked his butt off, Absolutely. and now that's where he's at. And he's, like, but doing the, untapped maple and everything. Like, he's yeah. doing a lot, He's doing too. a lot. He's got a new little girl. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah much love. But, like— He's he wasn't a bike packer. He didn't know these roads. Mm -hmm. He didn't know how steep the hills were. And he even talked about being shocked by how steep they mm -hmm. were. Right. So yeah. you had. I mean, yeah. it, it wasn't crazy for you to be like, you know, I got some advantages here, yeah. right? But it's it's still it's still funny at the end of the day because not even a year ago, I'm watching videos on YouTube of like, oh, Ted King goes to the Dirty Kansas or. Pete Stetna does this. I'm like geeking out on what all these guys are doing. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I'm in a race against that person that I've been like watching videos of or like listening to all their <laughs> podcasts about. It's it's interesting where like, oh shit, everything I've been trying to learn is from people that are I'm also gonna be trying to compete against, I guess. Because yeah. apparently I think that now I can just because I've been trying for a little while. No one signs up because they're gonna try to do their worst. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I so that's a big thing with this race was I've already seen the route. I live here, I can do sections of it any given time. It wasn't about finishing it because I've already done that. And whenever I did it over the summer, that was like one of the hardest things I've ever done was just finishing the thing which blew me away. It humbled me. I was sold that I'm going to live in Arkansas for the rest of my life after going oh. the Arkansas high country route. Wow. I emailed Chuck Campbell and I was like, hey man, this is, this is a masterpiece. I absolutely appreciate everything you've done with this because this is just phenomenal. I was blown away. It like showed you a side of Arkansas you never seen before. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. As, just, someone, as someone that's whole, lived here for yeah, that's the thing. It's like most you of my know life, Arkansas. Most of my life. Granted, I was like new to gravel riding, sure. but I was rock climbing in Arkansas for years. And we'd drive down these gravel roads forever to get to the climbing walls and crags and campsites and stuff. So I've seen a lot of it. Yeah. But 
doing that whole loop, it's such a journey that <laughs> I was absolutely blown away. And it does speak to how immersive cycling is yeah, yeah. to really put you in sync with everything to the geography, to the culture, to yeah. the food, to the landscape. Yeah. I mean, you really, if you do a thousand miles yeah. of it, you're going to really be immersed in it. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And so part of it was like this pride of like representing Arkansas. So oh, here's yeah. this guy coming from another state that is like, oh, I'm new to bikepacking and I'm just going to have, He, I don't think he ever said he's like, I'm just going to have fun, but he was definitely in the article kind of saying, hey, I don't know what to expect. This is new to There's me. There's no pressure on him, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he has all these accolades and awards and accomplishments. There's no pressure it's on him to do well. It's a year of COVID. Let's try something funky and fresh. Which, yeah. But he was already doing badass shit. Like he he did all of Vermont in one go. Like he's doing all this stuff. I'm like, oh, sick. This is, I like this direction that he's going in. Like mm -hmm. this makes sense to me. This is cool. And so whenever I saw he's doing all this, these big efforts and I'm going to come down to Arkansas and we'll just see what happens. It's like, man, if you're going to just see what happens, I'm going to like make sure that you have to try at least a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> I love that. And so man. it's a little bit that. of kamikaze mode, honestly. I mean, before it, I said, it's like either I'm going to go up in flames or I'm going to pull off something crazy. And that was, that was the mentality I was going in with was like I'm just going to go out of my brain <laughs> until I can't anymore. And either that's going to be at the finish line or it's not. And so... So, yeah, dude, now I want you to break it down. Like, just, yeah. I mean, I, it's crazy. I don't, the races are so I hard. I forget to, about this race yeah. for days. And then a day will hit me where I'm just like, I'll just have a very vivid memory of a specific moment of it or something. And I'm obsessed with this route. And it's just, it, it truly is incredible. And I'm so happy I live here because. I'm going to keep giving goes on it. And like, I want the FKT and it's not because I want to be like, Hey, I'm better than everybody else. But it's like, I love this landscape so much that it'd just be so cool to be like, I'm the fastest to ever move through this place. Because you didn't get there by happenstance. You got there from putting in the time, mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. effort and everything exactly. to get you there. It's not about, Oh, I got this. It's about, Oh, I got myself there. Yeah. 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 Dude. I don't even know where to start, but I mean, like, how did the race go down yeah. for you? I mean, and I've never really talked in it, talked about it in much detail because people afterwards will be like, how was it? Yeah. Or it's so hard and just like a brief interaction if you're with multiple people. And that's why I love that you're, you're really intentional about long form conversation and sitting down and it's yeah. one on one and it's, you have each other's attention because I've like been wanting to talk about it, but I can't tell it multiple times. Like, <laughs> it's, so I'd rather just like talk about it once, and then anybody that's interested about interested, it, they can listen to it. I love that. Like, you may have eighty percent of the people that listen to your show never listen to this episode. I really don't care, but there's going to be at least They'll one person that's like, this is really freaking interesting, and you have my attention the whole time. And that's what makes it worth it. With your podcast, that's what I love is as long as it genuinely affects one person out there in the world, I think that was worth it, and you should have a job for that because if you really just helped one person out, that's worth it. 
Well, thank you. People get in really dark spaces, and sometimes it just takes one other person out there to relate. And that's, you save their day. Dude, and I, I mean, I can tell you, I've gotten countless emails from people, especially yeah. like during 2020, who were really struggling. Man, they found some light with the podcast. Yeah. And I mean, I tried, I was going through a divorce in 2020. So yeah. I was, you know, doing my own stuff. And, but I, it was important to me to keep it going. And I felt that, you know, and it was not only important that I, it was important for me because it kept me connected to the community too. Yeah. You know, yeah. it wasn't just about like, I get a lot out of doing it, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. I'm very lucky, you know, to, to be, but really I'm just the guy that's asking the questions. You got the hard job. But you're willing to put in the work to tell the story. I'm just, in, I'm <laughs> super interested. I like yeah. people yeah. and I really put value. I'm not very interested in those surface level conversations. Yeah. Like they don't interest me too much. Yeah. If I'm going to sit down and talk to somebody, I want to get to know them. Yeah. I want to understand like all those things that led up to like you were a 4.0 student yeah. and then you like, you know, know, went and tried to like, quote unquote, say, find yourself. And <laughs> then you like went to the brink and then you pulled it back and then you found cycling as a way to like, as like a, a moderate drug, you know, like mm -hmm. as a, as mm -hmm. maybe a healthier drug, yeah. a healthier drug. Absolutely. You know I mean? More those... expensive drug though. That's what sucks. <laughs> yeah. That's what sucks. I that... think the money will come for you. I think it'll My, come. These truck lights are still on, by the way. I'm going to hit lock and see if anything happens. So oh my gosh. the high country, that's everything leading up to it. And now I want to hear what happened. Yeah, I'm, I'm down. Let's hear so it. So I do want to talk about Iowa, Iowa Wind and Rock a little bit because that was a more recent experience. And those people need so much praise for what they're doing up there. Yeah. And ultimately, I'm trying to bring that experience to Arkansas. And Oh, good. Um, well, let, that's let, something let's do on. Arkansas and then Absolutely. hit that one. So the Arkansas High Country Race, basically it's week of, and I'm starting to let it all sink in. It's like, okay, this is real. For a fact now, I know I have to hurt myself more than I've ever hurt myself before because that's what it's going to take to maybe have a chance to compete with a, war, a world tour cyclist. Is that scary? In a cycling event because it's... We're doing a cycling event, right? <laughs> right. His home turf. <laughs> there's like, there's well, bikepacking. There's all these different genres of cycling, if you will. But if someone is on a global scale recognized for being a professional, then that carries over in a lot of aspects. 100%. And it showed. Yeah. It absolutely. Showed. Absolutely. And so what he did was fucking badass. Yeah. And... I think it's going to take quite a while before anyone can touch that. That's cool. Like quite a while. And like right now, I don't even know who those people are. Like I think it would take someone like Sophie on or James Hayden or Lael or... But here's the thing, bro. It's like, like a handful of names. I, I know, I know. Yeah. But this is what's exciting about this whole race and what we're talking about mm -hmm. is that, I mean, I don't know this for a fact, but I believe that you're the reason he got that time, right? Like you're One the, of the reason. One of the first things Ernie said whenever I talked to him afterwards right. was, was like, bro, why do you have to ride that hard? Now he got the FKT. <laughs> 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 Ernie yeah. was trying to find me. Ernie was trying to find me to like give me some moral support because like there's the local people that are like, fuck it, Andrew, like give it hell. Yeah. Like, come on, man. And so like I had Ernie chasing me down between 
hot springs in Little Rock. He couldn't find me. I was having all kinds of dot problems. My great friend Lillian, she was hunting me down, trying to find me, but winding it back to the start. So I'm like, okay, going to hurt myself more than I've ever hurt myself before. And it wasn't because like, I need to win. It like, I need to be better than everybody. It was like, fuck dude, this is a big name right here. A lot of people know who this is. And if for some reason I finished before this person, some people are going to notice. Yeah. And it's not because like, I want people to know who I am is like, Hey, there's going to be some companies out there that want to be associated with what one of the fastest people is doing Yeah. and like give them a chance to ride his bike more. That's what it was all about. And so that's, that's the start of it. Like I knew, I knew that would be an FKT no matter what. I was like, that's going to end up being an FKT. The mm. conditions are pretty decent. Yeah. We had a ton of rain leading up to it, but then everything just magically lifted. I wasn't thrilled about October. Like whenever I go do another go on it, it will not be October. <laughs> it's going to be probably like May, like this month, like <laughs> way more sunlight. It's nice right now. It's really nice out. <laughs> yeah. There's just having more light in general. You can go faster yeah. for sure. And starting in Fayetteville is not the fa- the fastest place to start. And so y'all, but and y'all started at different directions too, exactly. which is part of what made it exciting. Yeah, and I even remember him mentioning he did like a, a podcast with his wife Lauren. Ted did, and then mm-hmm. he did one. You did one with him as well. Right. One of the two, he mentioned that he wasn't even looking at the counterclockwise direction. Like, why would you? Like, you just look at whoever's behind you going your direction. Because who the hell is anybody else going the other way, right? Like <laughs> He didn't say that on mine. I guess that was There's, with his wife. Maybe it was with his wife. Yeah. But it's I'm not Ian Boswell. I'm not Peter Statna. I'm not Colin Strickland. I'm not Payson McKelvin. Yeah. I'm not any of these people. So I'm not even a known name in the bikepacking world. I'm literally just like the local dude. <laughs> Who showed up. He came back, bought a cheap Warbird, and started going crazy on a yeah, on gravel With road. a credit card, still paying it off. <laughs> um, so Sponsor me. <laughs> Shout out Salsa. Um, starting, going counterclockwise. I know for sure I'm not first sleeping the first night. Like, that's yeah, guaranteed. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Like, I've, I've pulled an all-nighter before, so... I'm going to hurt myself more than I've ever hurt before. So obviously one all nighter, not even a question. Yeah. We have the daylight savings fall back an hour. So it ended up being like a nice little bonus hour in there and pull the all nighter counterclockwise. Basically the whole intention behind it is you hit the heavy metal immediately. Like you're in it, you're getting slapped in the face. You do the biggest run out of the whole thing concerning resupplies and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, if I have to start in this location, which isn't my first pick, I love where I live. It's nothing against Fayetteville. It's <laughs> just a strategic move about yeah. the route itself. I hear you. Um, it's okay. Counterclockwise makes more sense. If I'm going to do 36 miles of bike trail, I want to do it at the end when I'm destroyed and falling apart, not at the beginning. Yeah, it makes a lot of um, sense. There's a, all these different factors. Um Counterclockwise and pulling the all-nighter. Don't really check dots at all for quite a while. I think I checked it once or twice early on just to see where Dylan was because he was killing it. He terrified me of bikepacking because this is my first bikepacking race. And he took off like a bandit. 
he was out of sight before we even left the the greenway. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> and I was like. Fuck, if this is what bikepacking racing is, like, I don't have a chance. Yeah. Everyone has different sleep strategies. So, like, that's what actually makes it interesting, right? And so I checked once or twice because I was just curious how far up the road he was because I felt like I was going pretty quick, but I was still conserving enough to be like, be realistic with the whole effort. And it was two in the morning, one in the morning, something like that, right before Mount Magazine. I passed him. He was in a ditch, had his bivy up. I think he was setting his alarm or something because his light was still on. So it was like he was actively getting ready for sleeping. I was like, okay, that gives me some reference. Like now I know I'm in first and counterclockwise. I'm about to hit this huge section of no service. I don't really care. Get to the top of Mount Magazine, change my layers because it's a big descent. I was like, I'm going to be cold. And then I do my big push of no service. Like this is the biggest push of the whole race of no resupply, nothing. And that's from Mount Magazine to Queen Wilhelmina. There's not a ton of talk of like when you get really nitty gritty with the route itself. Yeah. And so some people will really appreciate this because they want to really no, know more about the route yeah. itself. Other people are like, no, this makes sense. I don't know what any of this is. <laughs> but so you do that whole push and Poto Mountain, mile for mile, is the hardest section of the entire route. You hit that in the first 24 hours at the pace I was going. And Jay Peterberry, he said he only had to hike a bike once. It was there. Okay. Scotty, Ernie, Dylan, anyone I've talked to, we all agree this is the hardest section, mile for mile. If you choose like 10-ish miles of a thousand something miles, this is the hardest. Right. So I'm hitting that at mile or like hour 24-ish to start it, do it. It's demanding. It's hard. It's not fun. I mean, it is fun, but (laughs) (laughs) type two. I descend the other the other side of it, and before I even started climbing it, I was like, "I'm gonna have to sleep on the other side of this for sure." That's before starting it. I was like, "This is. I'm gonna need some sleep and get through all of it." The more I learn, the more I'm like, "Hey, sometimes you just honestly need to step off for your bike and walk it. Like, there's no one watching you." Like, you know you're capable of riding this hill. Do you need to ride this hill right now in the grand scheme of this whole thing? And the other thing I've learned is that it gives your muscles a little bit of a break. Yeah. You know, and so you're using different muscles. And so you're not, is it your Achilles that that gets more, I I don't remember what, I'm not a doctor. But anyway. Neither am I, that's for sure. (laughs) One of them things. Yeah. And so it's. I charged through all of it anyway. I didn't hike any of it. I just really? like went through all of it. You did it. So all these other people that have hiked it. But it's way different counter versus clockwise. Oh, clockwise, you did it the right way. Clockwise, it's very, very loose, very, very steep the first bit of it. Mm-hmm. And I don't care who the fuck you are. You are not riding your bike up that unless you're on maybe a mountain bike and have very, very high fitness. That's the only way to get around it. Okay. And uh, so I went the other way, which is way easier, honestly. That's one of the big distinctions with going counterclockwise is if you're thinking about the hardest section, which way is easier, and I go counter and it makes it easier, that's, that's a pretty key moment. And so counterclockwise, get through it, descend the other side, and I decide to sleep. Started the race, I think, 7 a.m. on Saturday. 10 a.m. the next day with the hour fallback is when I take my first nap. Set my alarm for 45 minutes. Honestly, I'm feeling really guilty. 
I'm like, man, you're taking a nap right now. Like, what Guilty? are you doing? It's like the sun is shining. It's beautiful. Uh, and you're taking a nap. And so I was like, no, Andrew, like, you can take a nap. It's okay. 45 minutes is less than an hour. That's justifiable. <laughs> I haven't been looking at the dots, so I don't know what anyone else is doing. But just to me, that's what I felt like was the right move at that time. Yeah. I think even if I was doing an ITT, that's exactly how I would have done it from starting in Fayetteville. Ride a little bit, get to my first resupply in a really long time. Uh, these two older dudes, pretty redneck, just... They're like, hey, what's up? How's it going? It's at the base of Queen Wilhelmina. It's Rich Mountain. Super nice guys. There's like, are you doing that Arkansas high country race thing? Oh, man. Like, yeah, dude, I am. I am. <laughs> it's like first time I've talked to people in forever, right? You've like already gone through right. hell. And they're like, oh, shit, here's society again. Oh, man, <laughs> like, yeah. People forget about that where you're just like so out there. And you haven't talked in hours and hours and hours. And oh, it's weird. So they're like, hey, what's up? You're not in? all there. Yeah, definitely yeah, you, not all there. You've yeah. already pulled one all-nighter and took a 45-minute nap. Trying to like, act normal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so they welcome me in. There's not really anything in there. Like, there's some sodas and some candy bars and stuff. And they're like, but we can make you food. I'm like, man, that's going to take some time, but okay, like... So they make me some food and they're like, hey, we got this laptop and we heard about it. You're talking about Seth Wood earlier. Yeah. So I guess Seth Wood called in advance because he's going counterclockwise. And he's like, hey, I'm not going to be there before you guys close. I will pay money now for a cheeseburger if you leave it outside. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Something along those lines. That's a good and move. So they didn't know anything about this race at all, the guys working there. Until he talked about oh, it. Oh, okay. And then they're like, there's a website that tells you where the dots are. Yeah. And so it's hilarious. Yeah, that's and awesome. So, you got um, rednecks watching dots. <laughs> <laughs> Just because they're like, I can sell some cheeseburgers. Yeah, like, yeah. hell yeah. That's like, I made fucking 12 well, extra kind of dollars the, today. I, I like that part of it, yeah. actually. That yeah. you, you do bring cool. some econo uh, yeah. economy to like some of these rural areas. Yeah. yeah. And so they're super nice. I stay a little bit longer than I want to just because I'm like, oh, man, you guys are so nice. I got to <laughs> talk to you a little bit. You're being so accommodating. But they got their laptop up. Their internet's super slow. So like, it's refreshing, just one minute. And then they finally, they pull up the dots. And this is the first time I've seen dots in a very, very long time. First time I've ever looked at it seriously. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're first. I'm like, yeah, that's counterclockwise direction, though. Like, what about the other side? Like, how many miles have they done? Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, there's this guy, Ted King. He seems to be in first. He's pretty far ahead. I'm like, what mile is he at? And then it was like a little over 300. It's like 303 or something. And I was like, what mile am I at? And they're like, well, it looks like you're like 305. Oh, And I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm like, <laughs> I got to go. go. <laughs> <laughs> So I like put bacon and sausage in my uh, cargo bib shorts, like yeah. in the side. I'm like, I gotta start going. <laughs> and they're still giving me a spiel on the area. They're like, tell me your bike, tell your bike packing friends that there's like showers here and oh you gosh. can kick it. And I'm still kind of like, they don't understand. Yeah, You're so like I'm still winning <laughs> against Ted King. So I'm kind like, of like still trying to be respectful and like I'm genuinely I'm interested in them because I'm like, you guys are so fucking cool. And oh, I live yeah. here. I know I'm gonna see you again. Yeah. So I'm not gonna be a dick. Last second and like bounce yeah and i leave i'm going up it i'm like all right shit like okay and that's the first time i had service up in a while like i made it my intention to not really look at my phone much 
Like, I definitely wasn't going to be responding to messages. Right. The Arkansas High Country Race, they want you to take selfies at certain spots to kind of, like, show progress and promote the whole event and everything, which is cool. I get it. And so I would take, like, a video clip as I'm riding through that area. Be like, hey, I'm still riding my bike, but you want an update. So as I'm riding, here's, like, I'm going to talk for a second about what's happening. Yeah. And I just thought that'd be a cool way to, like, give Dot Watchers a little bit more context. I loved it, yeah. Because... That's why I noticed with Sophion, I loved that yeah. Sophion would like just be talking about what's up. Like, well, you, yeah, it's like real time. Yeah, like there's not very many sports that you can't watch football and be like, all right, well, I'm about to like throw the ball to this guy or whatever. But I mean, if you have service, you can like in real time see what the race leader, or the chaser is thinking or feeling or what they're, you know, all kind. Or you could just listen to someone sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what Sophion <laughs> yeah. is. And so. I was doing those throughout, like I'd record it, but I might not be in service. And then like next time I'm in service, I'd try to upload it. And so like, that's when I get like these bursts of the outside world. Cause it really, all it was is me trying to upload a video to like give my required updates. Mm -hmm. And so during that time frame, while well, I have it up to upload. But you had cell service, so then everything would pour in. Pours in. And so like you just see whatever out of all these Instagram messages, text messages, whatever you just see snippets of a couple of them because like I had to turn on service and boom that immediately shows up and so like I'd see a few things like you're in the lead of the whole race keep it up or fuck yeah man keep going like all these different things and so that just gave me the surge of adrenaline I was, I was one like, of those people I was like oh shit like this is you this, realize it's bigger than you yeah I was like okay people are is, watching I'm like people are watching one but two it's happening like this is happening right now. Oh, yeah, you're in you're it. You're no longer thinking about you're it. You're in another one of those, not life and death, but you're in one of those, what I do now this matters. This is the moment. I'm living in the moment. Yeah, I'm That's living exactly in the moment. It yeah, it's yeah. Like very real. I'm living in the moment. And so I was like, all right, let's fucking go. And let's fucking go. <laughs> ride for a while, make it to what's going to be another pretty big run out of resupply. And I know I'm going to be riding through the night. So I stop at a gas station in Hatfield, which is a pretty key resupply, eat some food, chill there for a minute, put on some more layers. And from there I launch, pull another all-nighter. I'm like, all right, let's fucking go. Like, So we're on day three or this day is, four? So this would be, no, we started day, 7 a.m. on Saturday, yeah. pulled the all-nighter. We're going through Sunday night now. So Sunday night, so far I've slept 45 minutes if... Well, if I fell asleep immediately on my alarm, which I didn't, so yeah, a little less than 45 minutes. I was tired enough to where I probably fell asleep pretty quickly. Um, 43 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday night, riding through Sunday night, and working my way to Hot Springs, which is a big resupply, and that's when I start keying in the podcast. I was like, okay, I haven't ever pulled two all-nighters back-to-back before, so now it's time to... Tune in to Patrick and Sophie on talking about sleep de deprivation. The arsenal. And I'm just in the middle of nowhere and it's kind of lonely. And I want to feel a little bit more comfortable. Here's just some people talking. Because it's, you get out there on this route. And it's, if you fuck up, no one's helping you for a long time. And especially those, the descents are what scare me. Like, the descents, and yeah. I know you're running a narrower tire than I would have ran, and you're on a fully loaded bike, yeah. and you're sleep deprived, yeah. and yeah. you know it's steep. I mean, you're going 
I don't know how fast you're going, it's but steep. you can usually go 30 plus mile an it's hour. Steep. It's technical. People constantly get punctures and sidewall tears on the high country. Yeah. Like Rebecca Rush did. Jay Peterberry did. Pretty sure Ted did. Dylan Morton did. Like all these people, like their tires are getting torn up because it's, it's real deal shit out here. Yeah. And so you kind of just need to tone it down a little bit and be like, let's just hear some people talking and hanging out and i just imagine exactly this scenario where it's we're kicking it in the woods sitting next to each other sipping on some whiskey yeah, i'm like buddy. i'm like you know what i feel like i'm hanging out with some friends right now and so i listen to the one with sophia and i'm like okay man he's gone much longer than this with no sleep so i can pull this all-nighter like if he's gone two or three times as long with no sleep i know i can pull off half of it mm. like there's no reason i can't and then get through that one and then Bobby and Ted were doing the race. Like, let's let's tune into a podcast with Bobby and Ted. Why not? Like, they're both <laughs> doing the race right now. They're out here doing this shit. I just want to listen to a conversation with them. Feel like I'm hanging out with them right now because, in a way, oh, we're did, all uh, kind of like. Did Bobby out. Wintel go on Ted's podcast? He did. Okay, he did, I didn't uh, know that. Okay. You should listen to that one. It's good. It's oh, yeah. just a really great conversation about. I'm so busy doing my own. I, I miss. You know, I don't. I'm yeah, sure. Anyway, yeah. yeah. And so that's with being a consumer, it's great because you can listen to more. Yeah. 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 You're not trying to I remember one the, the days time. when I used to be a consumer. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm no longer a consumer. I don't get to, it's rare. Actually, you know, part of the uh, going on these road trips is pretty fun because I finally get to listen to podcasts again. Yes. And uh, I, I miss it. I really like podcasts, but gosh, I've been so busy. I don't get a chance to listen. To I think that's anymore. where a lot of my love from podcasts came from was just long drives. Yeah. The long well, drives. You get are... to learn something. And, and you know, if, if it's a good one, then yeah, you kind of feel like you're there and mm -hmm. you're kind of like a fly on the wall of a good conversation. Yeah, yeah you weren't exactly. there, but, you know, you kind of got to be there in a way, yeah, you know? Exactly. Yeah. It's exactly. Great. And so I was like, these two are doing it don't really know a like a whole lot about Bobby still. I just know he's full of energy yeah. and he's a stoker. Gives great hugs. And I love his vibe and let's hear some more about Bobby. And so it's basically how he started up District, which you were just over there. And so it's just a really cool conversation to learn more about his past leading up to that. Yeah. And I need to interview him because I just got the Seth Woods story. And uh, I'll let that yeah. unfold as it, as it goes, but the, the I want to get the other like, side of it. Here's another reason to come back. And oh, so for sure. be all about it. Yeah. And so, yeah, I like listened to those two on the second night. And then I remember kind of like hysterically laughing with their conversation part of it because it, it was funny. But also I was like, oh, shit, dude, you're kind of losing your mind right <laughs> now. Like, <laughs> What were you thinking when uh, Sophie Ann and I were talking about sleep deprivation and you were sleep deprived? Well, part of it that's encouraging was like the hallucinations. Mm -hmm. It's like, I haven't had any hallucinations yet. Right. I can't be that bad. Yeah, it's not that bad. So that was, that was huge. And then I had my first hallucination on the second night. You did. And I was like, oh, okay. Now okay, so it's kicking in I a little bit. I love to hear about hallucinations. And that's when I started laughing a little bit. And it was, there was a tree stump. I was near Crystal Springs, way down in the Washita's, which I can't wait to do more riding in the Washita's. That's another whole untapped potential gold mine. Right now, I'm just trying to develop the Ozarks, but whenever I feel like I have time, Washita's for sure. 
Anyway, well, down the there, route goes into the Wachita's, right? Because like love it, it does. Because you can do the love it single track as an option that mm -hmm. nobody ever does, mm -hmm. but it's like on there, right? Which that's still something. That's still a first waiting to be done. Is that's doing a the first. single track variation, yeah. which we, would be cool. Yeah, Brian was going for it. Um, a friend of mine, Brian, oh, he yeah. went for it. He started down there, and oh, that's smart. Get that out of the way exactly. first. Yeah. And that's that's another thing coming back to like having the the rules and guidelines of bikepacking racing and stuff in general and ITTs uh, is because there was controversy with him even starting down there. Mm. I was like, why is there controversy? Yeah. Like if, if you he, can say you start anywhere. Exactly. It was like, oh, but a host community owns it for a little. I'm like, no, you don't own the route. You maybe the race starts here for two years, but like right. the yeah. route is for anyone to enjoy and you start anywhere and um yeah, yeah. an itt i would think yeah it would go anywhere exactly you know? but yeah. so i'm down in that area it's paved for a minute i'm like oh my god anytime you're on the high country and there's pavement you're like thank the lord like, <laughs> how many miles of pavement are there <laughs> so it claims to be like around 50 50 which could be accurate but the gravel at times is so demanding that you're spending way more time on gravel overall. So I heard it was 60 40, but gravel to pavement. Yeah, 60 gravel, 40 pavement, but I, somewhere around there. I feel like there. that would be more accurate for sure. Yeah. 50 That's 50 seems Seth really heavy said. on the pavement. And yeah. I, his whole strategy to the race, you'll hear it on the podcast. Yeah, I can't but, wait to hear uh, that. His whole strategy to the race was based on the 400 miles of pavement yeah. as a single speeder, yeah. you know, because he's like, I'm, I'm hike a biking, you know, the climbs and gotcha. you're pretty much just coasting the downhills. Yeah. So for him as a single speeder, that 400 miles of pavement was the entire race. I gotcha. Yeah. Kind of interesting really way to look at it. Yeah. yeah. It's totally different. Whenever you're like, oh, I'm single speeding, you look at it yeah. in a completely different way. Yeah. Yeah. In that area, pavement, hallelujah, listen to Bobby and Ted laughing, kind of because it's just like an awful hill. And sometimes when just something really sucks, I start laughing. I don't know if that's a common theme amongst other so. people. I hope so. <laughs> it is for me. <laughs> Makes me feel less crazy if that's the case. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's like raining and cold yeah, exactly. and then you get a flat tire and you're yeah. just like, I, I laugh. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So you're the one person I relate to at least. And... <laughs> laughing go a little bit and there's a tree stump but i swear it's a three-headed dog because there's just these this funky area in crystal springs where there's some odd decorations it gets kind of hippie and it's in the middle of the night so it's already kind of confusing and this is stump i'm like is that a three-headed three-headed dog statue like i guess someone in the area would do that kind of seems fitting i guess <laughs> get a little bit closer to looking at it and then it's just, it's clearly a stump. It's not a three-headed dog. I'm like, huh, that that was a hallucination. I think that's the that's the first time I've ever had a hallucination. Do you know Being what? dead cold, sober, just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that like, asterisk. <laughs> that's the first drugs. time sober I've ever I'm had not, Yeah, exactly. Do you know what a three-headed dog is? Do you know what it's called? I don't. Cerberus. Okay. Yeah. Like. Um, with Hades and Greek mythology yeah, and stuff. Yeah, the whole okay. Greek mythology. Okay. Yeah, That's the three-headed dog is so Cerberus. Yeah, I had a pit bull that I was thinking about naming Cerberus, cause I, but I was like, yeah, that does, what do you like, Serby? Serby, yeah. come here. All that right, could so. work. <laughs> and a little bit after that, I was like, you know what? I need to sleep. 
I need to sleep. This is, I'm getting Here's really slow. Here's your sign. You're seeing three-headed I'm dogs. getting really slow. I'm getting, that's mostly what it was. It's like, um, you can keep moving forward, but you're getting slow right now, dude. Like, yeah. you're better off just sleeping for a little bit and get a little faster. And so, as soon as I had that idea in my head, I was like, you need to sleep. Flip of the switch. Where am I sleeping? And so, riding for a while. I don't have a sleep kit with me because I'm like, you're racing, dude. If you sleep, it's a nap. Okay. And you better make it quick. And so... So what? How, how would you sleep? It's cold, and I have an emergency... I wouldn't say bivy. It's more one of those, like, like the foil sleeping yeah, bag yeah. you crawl into and, like, enough layers. Emergency blanket. Yeah, enough layers to where if you just passed out, you wouldn't die. That's what it was. Yeah. And so I was like, I, it's too cold right now. So the temperatures with what it said in some of the towns in that area wasn't necessarily a reflection of what it was when you get really low by the creeks and in the hollows and stuff. There's these pockets, and I know you've experienced it because you've done riding in Arkansas where you hit these pockets and you're like, this is suddenly five degrees colder. It's just all of a sudden, boom, like this is real. And the other thing is like you get hot going up mm -hmm. and then you get cold going yeah. down and then you get into one of those pockets mm -hmm. and it's like, it's freezing yeah. cold. And so I was getting more cold Plus, just the combination of not having enough calories in your body. No matter what you do, you're never going to have enough calories in your body with if you're riding nonstop. And so I'm starting to look like, hey, there's a bunch of hay bales. Maybe I could kind of like shimmy my way into some hay bales and kind of like get some hay to help insulate and put on every single layer and put <laughs> myself into this emergency blanket. <laughs> I Maybe I could sleep. And I was like, man, that's just like in a really obvious spot and someone's going to see me and it's going to be a whole ordeal and I don't want to deal with it. And then I got closer to a park ranger station. It's like, maybe I could sleep there and I'm pulling on doors and stuff to see if anything's unlocked where I could sleep inside. <laughs> and that's when you're like getting into that weird, I don't know where they're like, if it's just a person in society, they're like, what the fuck is this person doing uh -huh. right here? You're just... Like, I promise I'm a normal abiding citizen. I'm just in a race right now. Yeah. It's this weird line of, yeah. like, I promise I'm like, I'm, I'm not a crazy person. I'm not person. trying to break an injury like, right now. I promise I'm not a crazy person. Like, I know I look crazy, but I'm not crazy. I've been, <laughs> bro, I've been there at 2.30 in the morning yeah. at, at the a Baptist church in the middle of nowhere, Texas. <laughs> yeah. And some redneck rolls up on me. You know, he's drunk because he's coming home from the bar, three sheets to the wind. And he sees me at a church, and so he passes, goes back, and Man. then shines his light at me. He's like, what are you doing here? Yeah. Yep. Like, I'm in a race. I'm just <laughs> trying to get water. I know this is crazy, yep. but yep. I'm, I, I'm just out here for fun. I'm, You know, it's like, it's so hard to explain. Anyway, you, apparently yeah. you didn't have to in your scenario. I didn't have to. I've been in that scenario yeah. where I have had to like, yeah. what are you doing? And yeah. I'm like you know, sleep deprived and all that stuff, trying to like explain to somebody who has no concept. Don't even understand the idea of like you riding your bike for one. You're like, you ride yeah. your, you rode your bike 10 miles. <laughs> what? I don't understand. On these gravel roads here. What? <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I'm pulling on the locked doors of the ranger station, that's when I'm kind of Coming unraveled a little bit. I'm like, all right, dude, this is... Oh, actually, right before the ranger station was... There were supposed to be two motels in Mount Ida. So I get to Mount Ida. I'm like, this is an actual town. It's like, this is my first actual town in a long time. 
I want to sleep for a little bit indoors, kind of recalibrate. I need to charge some shit and just getting out of these bibs for a minute would be nice. And it was too cold outside to sleep realistically. It would have been a little Especially bit more. with what you had. Exactly. It would have been a little bit more like, hey, you're going to semi-shiver, maybe semi-sleep, yeah. but ultimately you're not using your muscles for a little bit and that's probably going to be beneficial because you're just getting slow. And so I'm researching on Google. There's two motels. I try one. No phone, no answer. So I just ride to the other. I'm like, I'm just going to go straight into the, the lobby and be like, yo, I need a room. I know you got something available. It's a Sunday night. We're in Mount Ida. Like, I know you got a room. So that's my whole thing. I, I ride to the next one. No lights are on. There's some cars there, but a lobby doesn't exist. It's like, call this number. I'm calling the number. No answers. Jesus it's Christ. an awful hour of like 3 a.m. or something like that. And I was like, fuck, I'm not going to get a room tonight. I got I guess I have to keep riding cuz like I don't know what else to do right now. So you just had to ride cuz basically you had to stay warm. It was too cold. I was yeah. like this isn't going to work. Yeah. And so I kept riding. Hot Springs has everything. Like that's a major major resupply. Yeah. It's like Hot Springs is still impossibly far. It keeps feeling close. You get to these time frames where you're like 60 miles away, 40 miles away. It sounds reasonable, right? And then you turn down a road and you're like, this road is fucked up. <laughs> this is like a Jeep road with all these big ass rocks. You're averaging three miles an hour at times. And so all of a sudden that 40 miles is way further than what it sounds. And I'm like, I guess I'm going to push all the way to Hot Springs. And closer to 5 a.m., I see this community church. Like, I bet that thing's unlocked. And I go to it, pull on the door, and it opens. I'm like, oh my God. No way. It's Sunday morning. I'm like, all right. Like, Praise here's a church. Be. Praise be. I'm like, I'm going to lay between these two pews. I'm protected from the elements. It's a wood floor. I got nothing to lay on. It's just I put on every single layer, get in my emergency sleeping bag and set the alarm for, I was really wrecked because I already pulled the all-nighter. I've only slept 43 minutes maybe so far. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> I was like, okay, you can justify two hours, Andrew. Like that's justifiable, two hours. That's justifiable. You deserve more than those 45 minutes this time. And so I set that alarm, fall asleep relatively quickly, I think. Kind of tossing and turning. It's That's not like an ideal sleep situation is on the wood floor between two wood pews in a church yeah. and it's still pretty damn cold like you're not wind's not actively blowing on you but it's still cold in there yeah, an, old, an old church doesn't have the insulation of like <laughs> yeah. a new home and stuff yeah yeah alarm goes off i'm getting up packing all my shit i'm like oh my what are you doing i was wondering if people were gonna start showing up from for church because it's like 7 a.m is right around sunrise that's part of the motivation too it's <laughs> like two hours gets you closer to sunrise at least when you wake up the sun's gonna be up mm -hmm. so that was my whole thing i wake up yes the sun is up but i'm in the shade for a long time so it's still fucking cold like oh this sucks get to hot springs I forget, I had some kind of weird things going on with shifting. I think my brake pads were obliterated at that point because I've been doing a lot of night riding. And so you just got, you're on the brakes more when you're riding in the dark and getting breakfast, waiting for a shop to open. Turns out none of the shops are open on a Monday. 
Oh, so it's I one spend of like an extra an hour and a half, two hours chilling in this like breakfast joint with intentions of you're gonna hit the bike shop the second they open. What was wrong with your bike? Like I said, I'm still newer to bikes, and at that time, I was like, I don't even know how to like properly adjust the rear derailleur to make sure it shifts more efficiently. I was like, it's worth spending this extra hour and a half to get your shifting dialed. That way the next 300, 400 miles is way more seamless and yeah. smooth than you like- You can make up that hour. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And just the peace of mind too. You're like, instead of being pissed off yeah. <laughs> your rear derailleur. Yeah. And so- It's just you and your bike. So having your bike barking at you the yeah. whole time isn't too much and fun. And if I was just like an experienced rider, I'd be like, oh, all you do is turn the barrel adjuster this way a little bit and that's all it takes. Yeah. But instead I wait for an hour and a half, ride to one shop- closed ride the other closed i'm like you should be open pull it up on google oh you're not open on monday so i wasted all this time why would a bike shop i didn't understand this at the time and i still don't understand it if you're on the arkansas high country race and you're a bike shop that's how new it is may, maybe you should be open <laughs> that's how new this race is still that's crazy i guarantee you in the future that will never be an issue i don't think after this race right yeah yeah and so or this, this past year, yeah. Yeah. I trudge on. I'm like, all right, whatever. You just wasted a ton of time. You need to make up some time. North of Hot Springs a little bit. I see a cyclist coming. I was checking, checking dots a few times because I was in service. And I was right. like, okay, Ted's doing pretty damn well. He's already passed Little Rock. Hot Springs is kind of like the the halfway point as far as when you take all things into consideration. Sure, Counterclockwise, it's less distance overall, but the train you cover more than makes up for it. So I meet him a, a little bit north of Hot Springs. It's like, okay, this we're kind of in the middle of the race right now, and we're meeting each other in the middle of the race. Like in my head, I'm like, hey, you're just as in this as him. Mm -hmm. And so he's coming his direction. I'm going the other direction. I see him, I smile, I'm like, Mr. Ted King. <laughs> and he just looks at me, he's like, you want to stop? I was like, yeah, let's stop. Oh, cool. So we stop, and I go to his side of the road, hop off the bike. What's going on, dude? <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of delirious at this point. He's probably tapping into it at this point as well. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you know, just... This shit's hard. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to beat you. Yeah, and so we we chat for a little bit, and it was really cool. It was just the first racer I've seen since we started the race. Apart mm -hmm. from Dylan setting up his bivy, I haven't seen anyone for a very, very, very long time. And so here's a brief interaction of someone that's experiencing the same crazy journey as you. So everyone else you're talking to is just a random person in society that has no understanding or concept of what you're putting yourself through. Yeah. And that's the thing. You go in for breakfast at a gas station. You're just this dude with bloodshot eyes that smells bad. Like that, a homeless person. Yeah. That has all these bags on a bike. Like you're, you're a homeless person. You come in and you're spending $45, $50 on shit at a gas station. It's like, you're super skinny and short. How are you eating all this right now? <laughs> And so anyway, I see him, we're talking. It's great to have a minute of here's someone else going through the same experience as me. And then what, what was your impression of his, 
Were you like eyeing him up? Like what kind of condition is he in? How I've, tired? Yeah. So I've never talked to him before. This is the first time I've ever sure. talked to him. Yeah. So. Ever. And I, yeah, I was curious for one, just like if he looked fresh as a daisy mm-hmm. or if he was showing anything of like, hey, I'm, I'm putting in work right now. I had no idea. For all I knew, he could have just been absolutely chilling. And so I say a couple things and he's like, he said something along the lines of like, I'm blown away by your positivity and energy right now or something like that. Oh. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, I'm definitely faking it at least a little <laughs> bit. Did you tell him that? No. Yeah. But, but thank I, you. I, I would, my next question I was going to ask is, in that moment, did you try to also, I mean, we were playing a game of chess a little yeah, bit, for right? Sure. It's like, no. you're trying to eye up your opponent yeah. and also seem like, yeah, this is great. I'm having no. a great time. Yeah. No, I was, I was definitely just super genuine because I was really excited to see him and I'd never talked to him before. And I just thought it's cool. Honestly, I was like a little bit of a fan. Just like, hey, sure. I've been watching your videos for a while. I've read books with like your name in there and all kinds of stuff. And it was, you're in my state that I absolutely love and adore. And you're doing this incredible route in this state. So part of it was just appreciation of like, hey, you're here. This is really cool. And I'm meeting you right now. That's cool. Also, we are in the middle of a race. (laughs) And so we both kind of interchanged. Like I mentioned like, yeah, it's, you're about to go through some real shit. And he said the same things like, Oh, you mentioned that on the podcast. Yeah. You're about to go through some real shit. And I'm like, yeah, I've done it once before. So I know what's ahead and it's, it's, it's not pretty. Like I, I know what you're saying. It definitely gave me adrenaline boost because it felt even more real. I was like, here's this idea of, me pursuing this dream of having a chance of being this professional athlete or someone that has an opportunity to ride their bike on a scale to where they don't have to work a normal nine to five or 40 hour job. And so in that moment, I was like, holy shit, this is real. Like we just passed each other. We just talked like I'm in it. I'm here. He's not feeling good. I'm not feeling good. And so that gave me a huge adrenaline rush. And so I'm charging my way north into the second half of the race, feeling like a million bucks. Wasn't happy with some of the delays overnight and stuff, but I was like, you can make it up. And I'm getting closer to Little Rock, and there's a point where I get to a gas station finally, first gas station for a long time, or it's a Dollar General. Like, let's pull up service. Let's see how Ted's doing for one. Let's see how I'm doing. And the second you turn it on, it's just boom. Hey, your spot's not working. Your spot's not working. Your spot's that, not working. Yeah. <clears throat> Even Chuck Campbell's like, hey, you need to be updating us. I, I see a message come in from my mom of like, are you okay? Yeah. And all of a sudden it's like, shit, I'm feeling incredible. This is great. But all these people are scared to death and they're telling me that things aren't right, that you're still in hot springs right now. Mm-hmm. Even though you're way, I north remember of that. that it was yeah. like you were just like waiting, and because I think there was this narrative it was before going even dropped on. into Hot Springs is where it showed I was at. It, it was like you were, uh, yeah. I don't remember if there was this narrative that you were like gonna just wait there, that you had a mechanical and wait yeah. for the bike shop. To and open. I have no idea, obviously, because I'm just riding my bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I like we're all like trying to put the pieces yeah. together, you know, on the outskirts, like trying to figure out what's yeah. going on. Yeah. So I, I see all that, and I'm. In the Dollar General, trying to be efficient, like pick out the right things. I know I'm not going too far. 
until I still hit more resupplies. And it just really starts weighing on me. I'm like, well, shit. Like, Chuck is chiming in saying I need to be updating people more. And all these people are still saying I'm in hot springs. And I pull it up. I'm like, sure enough, my dot's still in hot springs. I'm fucking with my spot tracker. Like, hey, what's going on? Why aren't you showing that I'm here? Are people even going to believe me? Like, that's another thing is just why should it be believable that this random local ass kid is keeping up with a world tour pro? And then I start getting all these doubts of like, people are going to think that I cheated. They're going to think that I cut the course somewhere because there's no live coverage of that. I that can never cross my mind. I but... can upload a file later that shows, hey, I actually followed the route, but everyone's tuning into the here and the now. And so when they see that, hey, you were in Hot Springs and now all of a sudden you're in Little Rock, did someone give you a ride? Like, so all this shit starts flooding into my brain. And I remember being so, like, for lack of better terms, just devastated that it's like, the easiest right thing right now is riding my bike. Everything else is the bullshit. And that that was like a weird eye-opening moment where it's like me pulling all like two all-nighters and trying as hard as I can is the easiest thing. And convincing people that I'm actually doing it was like the hard part. Yeah. Because there's not the documentation. And so it almost that. feels like that other stuff that you've done that you haven't been able to yeah, like really like. Exactly. It's like even though I was actively doing it at the same time and people were watching, it was still like, where's the actual evidence? And so that just like threw me through a, a whirlwind. And so I was like really devastated for a while. And it was right before this weird detour where like, hey, we're doing construction at Two Rivers Park. And so you need to ride through this big ass grass field and follow these orange flags that we put in. <laughs> and you're not allowed to touch this private road with all these mansions right next to you. So it's, it's like this crazy representation of my life where it's like, here's this paved road with all these multi-million dollar houses and people living like this glamorous life. And here's you like super Trudging. broke and smelly and sleep deprived riding through a grass field right by them because you're not allowed to touch their road yeah because it's a private road and then that like fucking smacked me in the face i was like oh my god like this is what am i doing right now and that was like really tough mentally which part about it was tough i was trying to find like a way to be valid and relevant through my performance at a bike race because I wasn't able to achieve this, like the standard of like a smart, successful American. Mm. And this like very stark comparison of just like, here's this road with these perfect houses and perfect lives, quote unquote. Yeah. And you are riding a bicycle that you still haven't paid off through a grass field next to it was i don't know and then with everyone still because i kept my phone on for a little bit because i just wanted to keep pulling up the spot because i wasn't going to stay at the gas station the dollar general and make sure it updated i was like i'm going to keep fucking riding yeah and it better update if not <laughs> who cares because i signed a thing that said the spot is for entertainment purposes only mm. which is another thing you're forced to pay for a spot that's for entertainment purposes only that does not like justify your attempt it doesn't do anything with the race as far as like 
medical support or anything. It's like the spot is for people to watch you. Mm-hmm. It's for entertainment. And so I didn't know that. Yeah. So like whenever you're signing up for this so race, what's your official um, thing that they use? I mean, do you record a GPX file or is it just like when you... It's just literally you show up. You show up. You show up at the square, right? So it's a... It's a it's wherever a you start. Quote, unquote, a gentleman's agreement. Right? It's like wherever you start, Well, and that, you that show goes up. back to the ITT, right? Yeah. It's like the whole self-supported, the whole yeah. ethos of the sport yeah. is like, hey, if I went and did an ITT and I started here and I stopped there yeah. at this time, then that's what I did, you yeah. know? People yeah. don't know. Like there could be a stretch of... 75 miles of pavement where you hop in a buddy's truck, you throw your bike in the back and you're like, Hey, cruise at like 22 miles per hour for 80 miles. Like that's not unquestionable enough to where I can't pull it off. It's like people will believe that, Mm. especially if it's in the middle of night when no one's awake anyway, they'll just wake up and be like, Oh, Oh, that guy did pretty good. He wasn't expecting that push. Exactly. That's the thing. And so it's this weird weird thing where it's the dot isn't validating your effort it's your file it's the file is what it comes down to the file shows what you did so the dot is just for the dot watchers which i love that we have dots because they have something to tune into and it's super exciting but it's like if there's delays in the dot so be it that's part of the excitement you're not there racing it yeah. If you're not in the local community and you can't pop your head out your door and be like, oh my God, <laughs> so-and-so just cruised by, like Chuck that lives in Russellville, I, he can go down the driveway and be like, oh shit, there goes Ted. Yeah. Well, I'll say just from my own perspective, which is the only, I can, only one I can speak to, whenever that was going on, the only thing I was thinking was, uh, damn, that sucks. I really want to know where he's at. I hope his spot starts working pretty soon. That's all I was thinking. And what I think is cool with podcasts too, especially like with this, where it's just two people sitting next to the Mulberry River in Arkansas, is, hey, we are sitting down and drinking some whiskey, and Andrew doesn't have a great bladder, and he has to pee a ton. (laughs) And so, hey, here's a second where he had to step away from the microphone and pee, because that's Andrew. People, like, when you're talking about relating, yeah, it's that's the same thing for me, where I'm like, oh my God, that other podcast guest, he had to step away from the mic twice, because <laughs> he can't sit down for two hours straight, yeah. perfectly. <laughs> so can you pee while you're riding? That's a good question. It's, I've only done a few times where I can pee while I ride. Yeah. And I thought about it a ton during that race, was like justifying peeing, which is funny. Yeah. Because I remember listening to your podcast with Chris. Chris, that's the one I'm thinking exactly. of. Where and he made he an agreement with his bladder. And, yeah, agreements with his bladder. And for me, I'm like, you know what? If it's affecting me mentally now, it's probably worth the 25 seconds to get off my bike and pee and then feel awesome for the next two hours. Yeah. So that's one thing I've been trying to dial in over time is... And Dylan and I have talked about this before too. So Dylan showing up from Colorado last minute doing the Arkansas high country route. I was like, hey, what time are you starting? He's like, I don't know. He he crashed. I offered him like, crash at my place. You're going to start in Fayetteville. I live here. Whenever you get in tonight, crash at my place. We'll drive you to the square. You'll start. And then you have your official start time. You have your official stop time whenever you finish. And so we drove from my place. We got pre-burritos at Starbucks 
And then we went to a place for sandwiches near the square. And then he's like, hey, you know what? I probably need to take a shit before we start. <laughs> and now I can feel it. Let's go to this come and go on MLK. We'll come back and then we'll do the start. And we're talking about this. He's like, it's like I don't need to put the extra pressure on myself that I need to start at 8.30 a.m. for my ITT. Like, mm -hmm. I will start whenever I'm ready. Yeah. If I had to take... Take a good long shit. If someone was, like, someone was already in the shitter at come and go. So I had to <laughs> wait another 10 minutes. So be it. Yeah. And that's what I love about the beauty of an ITT. For me... So Iowa, Winterrock, we'll come back to high country, I apologize. No, go ahead. But this is something for me personally with races is that I get anxiety and I get really amped up about it. And I'm like wanting to put forth my best self the night before I can't sleep. Iowa, Winterrock, I got two hours before the start because I just couldn't sleep. Yeah. I was just laying there. I'm like jazzed up. I'm like, oh my God, I'm about to ride my bike so far in all these roads I've never seen. This is going to be so dope. <laughs> I can't wait. And I'm just vibrating. I'm it's just no, not fear at all. It's all excitement. I mean, a little bit of fear because you're like, oh, there's going to hit a point where this is going to hurt and this is going to suck. That's the fear. It's like, if you know that you're going to go deep, if yeah. you know you're going to hurt yourself, yeah. I got to think that that's a little scary. For sure. Because sure. if you know what that's like, it's not fun. Because in your like, given week-to-week -week life, for the most part, it's just like, oh, yeah, I had my weekend. I go back to work. I repeat. Yeah. But then you hit these certain weeks where if you're someone that's doing races and it's ultra-endurance races, it's like, oh, my week ends. Also, instead of a normal weekend, I'm going to obliterate myself this weekend and then go back to work. Sure. And so you're like, I need to wrap my brain around this a little bit. So pivoting back to the high country, whenever I'm north of Hot Springs, I'm freaking out about the spot tracker. And all of a sudden, it's like everything else is the hard part. Riding my bike is the easiest part. I'm at a point where, okay, you've pulled two all-nighters. You've slept a total of maybe two and a half hours at this point. You started at 7 a.m. on Saturday. It is now Monday night. It's time for a little bit more sleep and all your shit's dead. Like nothing's charged. Wahoo is almost dead. I'm on my backup light. I have two lights. One of them's working. The other one is completely dead. Both batteries. My cache battery is dead. So I can't even like have the cache battery plugged into stuff and keep riding. It's everything's dead. Yeah. So there's, you can't keep riding. Physically, I could have kept riding, but I can't document it that's a good excuse to yeah that's interesting you can't document i can't it, huh? document it and honestly i was starting to feel right before the hotel i stopped at there was a random ass dude that was in a pullout with his jeep and he starts applauding before i even get close to him like i hear this applauding and i hear like yeah man keep it up you're doing great i'm like holy shit i get closer i'm like this is someone that knows what i'm doing right now this is insane. I get closer. I'm like, thank you so much. Like, do I know you? <laughs> He's like, no, you don't. But you're killing it and keep it up. Wow. And that was it. Wow. That was it. Just like a random hour on a Monday night. And that blew my mind. Yeah. And I was ready to smash. Like, fuck it. I don't need to sleep tonight. And then you look down and you're like, shit, nothing's charged. You're not allowed to ride. Because you can't prove it. And that's what sucked. Wow. It ultimately comes down to, because like, I don't have the setup yet. 
I don't have a generator hub. Right. I can't be running a light nonstop. And it's not like, because I don't have the knowledge of how to do it. Like, I have friends that will help set it up. I, I work at a bike shop. It's just like, it literally comes down to the finances before it. Yeah. It's like, bro, you, you don't even have your bike paid off. You trying to tell me that you want a generator hub on it? You want aero <laughs> bars? You want better wheels? You want a better group set? It's like, that shit adds up. Yeah, but what I say is you'll get there, and when you do, you'll appreciate it. Yeah, exactly. And also look at what you've done without exactly. it, right? Exactly. Like, it's all a learning. But at that moment, at that, it's moment. Like, that was the limiter. And yeah. so... I was like, all right, already a hotel sounds pretty nice, but here's like a super easy way to justify it. It's like, you can't keep riding for much longer because everything's going to be dead. So go ahead and stop now. But on some level, I'm thinking you might need the sleep. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So, I mean, it may, may not but be the worst thing. shout out your podcast. I was like, I think I can pull it off for longer. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I'm like, okay, you have to charge some shit. I'm in Maumelle, which is just a little bit north of Little Rock. It's like there's a Walmart over there. One of my charging cords was destroyed from just like crumbs and snacks and stuff. That's something <laughs> I didn't take into consideration, but it was living in my top two bag. The little USB it's got like, clogged. Yeah, it's the little things that you learn over time. Like certain things can't remain exposed because it's just going to get clogged up with crumbs and stuff. And then yeah. you can't use it. And no matter what you do, it's clogged up. And so I only had one cord for my micro USB and that's where it came in where I was like, okay, I have to set alarms throughout the night to alternate while I'm charging to evenly distribute the charge because you can't charge two things at once. Okay. So it's like, hey, you're going to give yourself five hours of sleep, but during those five <laughs> hours, you're going to wake up every single hour and you're still going to like swap what you're charging. <laughs> so you're still going to be doing work during that sleep. This is great. And then on top of that. This is really shows like what bike ultra. Yeah, nerd, I mean, yeah. like, this is like the nitty gritty. Yeah, like exactly. what is. And that's what, what I would is, love more people to hear. Yeah. Because this I, is the I, reality. I when you talk to more people doing this shit, you're like, oh, yeah, I had this one experience where it's like everyone's dealing with crazy weird things like this. Yeah, exactly. And so on top of that. I get to this hotel, I check in, get my room. I'm like, okay, already I can tell I'm too destroyed to even just ride my bike over to Walmart to get stuff. Like, that's not a good use of my time. I need to be in this room, chilling hard, falling asleep as soon as possible, and then getting back on the bike. So just that little bit extra jaunt to Walmart and dealing with walking through society <laughs> <laughs> and talking to someone at the cash register is too much. You yeah. don't need to do that. Yeah. And so... I'm like, all right, you don't have a lot of money. You're going to order Domino's through PayPal credit because you definitely have the limit for that. And you already paid for this $120 hotel. And so I'm like putting all these things into motion. I'm like, all right, now you got the moment to take a shower before your pizza shows up and your pasta and your breadsticks. Oh. Take a shower. I'm like, this is going to be glorious. I can't wait for a shower. Hop in to take a shower. Don't tell Shower's me. not working. Don't tell. Oh, don't Shower's tell me. not working. I'm like, are you kidding me? I I've been thinking about this that. for so long. So long. I try multiple times, not working. Like, okay, normal water runs, but not shower. Call the front desk. Like, hey, I don't mean to be a picky guest, but my shower's not working. I would love a working shower. It'd mean a lot to me right now. Can I have a working shower? I feel like, well, 
you're not a picky guest. You paid $120 yeah. for a room with a shower. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, I think Thank that's you. fair. Thank you. Again, that's we're fair. agreeing and yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> so that's, that's basically what I do. I'm just like pretty damn shattered at this point yeah. in general. Just like, I'm just a dude that wants a shower You're in my hotel room. on that shower. And they're and like, yo, <laughs> we can't do it. At this point, I've already exploded my bags. Um, I'm naked. Cause I wanted everything off of my body. Yeah. Gears exploded everywhere. Bags are open. They're like, you know what? We could transfer you to another room. You need to check out of your current room at the front desk, get the keys from the new room. Right. I'm on the second floor. doesn't matter how empty the hotel is. They never give you a convenient room. So I'm like, I honestly, I don't think I can check into another room right now. I really don't think I can do that. And they're like, Really? You can't just move to another room. I'm like, no, I, I'm not going to explain my situation. Just like, hey, that's not feasible for me right now yeah. as I'm standing there naked, destroyed, sleep deprived. And so, like, basically, it comes down to, okay, I don't get a shower tonight. In the four hours, five hours I'm here, I don't get a shower. That's what it is. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll take a bath. That's the next best thing. There's no plug for the bathtub. Toilet paper. So I jam it with a towel, like a a, a rag. Washcloth, yeah. And I just sit in my own filth. Sitting in my own filth, you just like see the bathtub becoming disgusting. I'm sitting there like a bird bath. And then phone rings, Domino's shows up. That's what I ordered. I'm like, I just started my hot bath. Now I need to go down to the lobby. Oh, shit. So I get out of the bathtub, barely coherent. I'm like, I don't have normal clothes. Like, I have my cycling kit, which I'm not fucking putting on my cycling kit right now. I'm so excited to be out of it. So I put on a towel, and I put on a down jacket, and I walk (laughs) barefoot downstairs. (laughs) I take the elevator. I take an elevator. So I'm in the lobby in a down jacket and a bath towel, picking up my Domino's. It's pasta. It's pizza. It's everything. And I'm like, wait, there's no utensils. How do I eat the pasta with no utensils? Delivery driver is, oh, like, you need utensils? Like, yeah, you like you delivered this food. I would say it's safe to say if you deliver food, provide utensils just in case. Yeah. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, there are no utensils. What do we do now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, here's what you're going to do. Like, I hate to say it, but you're going to deliver me utensils. <laughs> And I need utensils. And that's that's that. And they're like, okay, I'll be back. I have none in the car. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? So I go upstairs. Uh-huh. I don't touch any of the food. I try to like resume my bath. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I just out need. Of pro- like out of like. Just like, because I barely started it. Like the okay. water hadn't even risen to a point where like, this is an acceptable bath. No, so you soap. were more bath hungry than you were hungry. I was. Hungry. Okay. And so I'm um, sitting in it in my own filth, gets a little bit higher. I'm like kind of starting to nod off. I'm like, and I then, should probably update the world on what's happening because my dot is fucked up. And then I get the call that like, hey, your utensils are here. So I get back out of the bathtub, do the same thing, put the down jacket on, the bath towel, go back downstairs barefoot, get my utensils, go back up. At this point, I'm like, fuck the bath, whatever, whatever. And... I start eating some food, hooking up my things to charge, and that's when I'm like, okay, I guess I'm just going to update the world on 
the race up to this point. No. The world, it's like tiny world. It's the little bikepacking world. On top of the bikepacking world, it's people tuned in the United States in this random ass race in Arkansas. So it's really a lot of filters to get to this point. But there's people that care, and it's like my mother and family Me? included. You. It's I was like there. My friends. Like, I have friends that are super tuned in. I was like, yeah. a lot you know of people what? were watching. I was like, you a know what? I, since my spot is being dumb, I should just give a little bit of an update. I don't want to be on my phone much, but here is a little update. So I like uploaded my Strava file up to that point. I was like, hey, here's proof. I've done the ride and here we are. Yeah. And so I spend the night alternating through charging things and all that extra stress just kind of like took a lot of the adrenaline and momentum out. This is stupid. I'm trying to just ride my bike really far and really fast. And I have to explain to people why they can't tune in live time. And the pizza person didn't give me my utensils. <laughs> this is like so much at once. And I was like, dude, I... The shower. Don't forget the shower. The shower is just like all of these stupid little things. And then the text message is like from Lillian, Ernie, which it meant the world to me that they were trying to find me. But then at the same time, like I care so much that... I'm like, I'm like apologizing during my race effort that like they couldn't find me. Yeah. I'm like, I appreciate you guys so much and it means the world. I wasn't even messaging about it, but I was just like, oh my God, this extra toll of like people care so much and they're trying to help and they're not able to. And yeah. so it was just like this crazy thing where, I don't know, it just, it sucked a lot of momentum out of it. And it wasn't anybody's fault, obviously, but it just, it, swapped the the mindset the mm -hmm. mindset so important during yeah. one of these races and so like i wake up at whatever random hour in the morning i'm like okay i'm gonna keep charging forward riding fast i'm like trying to make up speed i finally get to the ride in conway which they've been incredible to me they help with the shifting they swap out the brake pads keep charging forward and there's even a random guy in like Mountain View that just is driving his car and rolls his window down. He's like, hey, are you doing the Arkansas high country race? I'm like, I am. He's like, you're doing great. Keep it up. Wow. It's like there's these little moments where you're like, holy shit. And like these people are watching. And like man. in this society, people are watching. Yeah. And it makes like your pouring of heart and soul feel a little bit more valid. Yeah. You're like, it's more than just me. It's for whatever reason, it's affecting some other people in whatever capacity. It's like, like, it's inspirational, man. And there's like no races happening. So that helped me yeah, too. It's no, like, that was a here's like the only bikepacking race that's happening in the country right now. Where are you going? I'm peeing while I'm holding the mic. You're going to pee while you hold I'm the holding mic? holding the mic. Shout out anyone that has a small bladder and has to pee more frequently than others. This is impressive. So... Uh, that's in Mountain View. And this guy <laughs> notices me and he's like, hey, are you doing it? I'm like, I'm doing it. And I get to the McDonald's and that is saving my life. McDonald's is a bikepacking sponsor if you could ever get one. What did you order for McDonald's? McDonald's at this point in Mountain View, as I'm shattered, is a McChicken sandwich for sure. If I'm just really devastated, chicken doesn't do the trick and I have to also get a hamburger. And if I get a hamburger, usually it's two patties, so it's a double 
and then you just need more calories so it's also cheese so it's a double cheeseburger yeah and fries i think i got some chicken nuggets or chicken tenders whatever it had to be and this point you're like okay here's society again i'm gonna check up on the dots and that's when i'm starting to think a little bit too much about like what's ted up to Mm. and i'm seeing more messages just because i don't know it's getting long enough into the effort where like this has been several days like some of these people have been messaging me for days maybe i should try to respond to them like once Mm. and so that's i mean that still comes down to me just like caring a lot about other people like it means so much to me that other people care what i'm doing because i'm used to just doing crazy shit and no one knowing about it. Yeah. And then afterwards, maybe I tell a few people about it. Right. And so I'm just like blown away. I'm like, holy shit. Like you're paying attention. You're cheering me on. You're giving me encouragement. I feel like I need to try to like say thank you to some people. And then you just get like sucked down that rabbit hole for a little bit. You're sitting down on concrete. You're not riding your bike. You're eating McDonald's. <laughs> you have Wi-Fi. Yeah. You're like, oh my God. You're I, reconnecting with you're your reconnecting. friends. And it's like, it's They're... so crazy how that takes away from forward progress. But at the same time, some of that really helps with your morale. And like, maybe it's worth taking the 10 extra minutes to respond to a few people. And like, maybe you get a message back in that 10 minutes. And you're like, oh my God, like they're so in tune to where I responded and they said something back in this short time frame. So I was talking to Lily earlier and, uh, or Lillian, I guess yeah. is her full name. And, uh, you know, I was sending you messages. I didn't send you a ton because I've been in that situation. Not exactly the same, but I've been out there racing and have people messaging me and you're not really in a position to respond. Yeah. I absolutely. think, I think it's worth mentioning that like, And I think you as a racer shouldn't feel obligated to respond. Yeah. What I think it should be is, you know, your friends, your family and, and people around the world just watching is just, you send a message and say, you are doing great and that's it. Yeah. No, there, there shouldn't be a, an expectation of you to respond. And also I think that you as, as the athlete shouldn't, it's too bad that you felt like burdened by that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like it's, it's, it's a good burden to have yeah. because you care. People are interested. They love you. They yeah. want you to do well. And so you're like, oh, man, I want to let them know that everything's good. But in that moment, that's not the I – don't, I don't know. And that's the thing, too, is, like, I don't want to ever be in a spot where I'm like, hey, if you encourage me, you're ultimately burdening me. That's the hardest part. Yeah. It's like, it's this like whole nother layer of it yeah. where I'm like, I love you so much as a person. And like, I appreciate everything you're saying, but also understand I'm not going to say anything back whatsoever. Yeah. But like, it's not bad if you say it, but also I'm not going to say anything back to you if you say something. I've read so many it's messages, wild. you know, I mean, yeah. you know, you're just going, it's like, it just, I don't know. It, those, those are boost. But if you're feeling the weight of feeling like you need to respond, then it's like, it can like... And it's just like, it's ultimately, it's it's a snowball effect. So really all started with being closer to Little Rock, realizing that my spot wasn't updating. And that's when all of a sudden it was no longer me doing this thing. It was me doing this thing and needing to prove I was doing this thing. And that's when it first became an issue. 
Um, there was once where I had a message early on in the race for like, hey, your spot's not working or it's not updating. And like that bothered me really early on. That was the first day, first 12 hours. I was like, oh shit, I need to be more on top of making sure I'm proving this. And with an ITT, that would never be a thing for me. Like all said and done, I don't even have to give a dot for my ITT. I could be like, hey, I'm going to go fucking do this thing. This is the time I'm starting. Um, and I'm going to finish when I can finish. And here's my file. I'm like, that's that's really what it comes down to. And so proving I was doing this thing became this whole second layer of anxiety for me where I've never had like a dream so palpable. It's like, this is in your fucking hand. Like you are competing against a world tour pro. Sure, he's way out of his element. He's doing something that has nothing really to do with his career. But as he showed, it didn't matter. Exactly. All and that, so like... It it's still cycling. It's becoming more and more real to me as like, hey, bro, you're fucking holding your dream in your hand. If you pull this off, someone's going to notice and you might be able to ride your bike more frequently than you work. And so I was like, fuck, dude. If I pull this off, this could change my life. And that's what I was like becoming too obsessed about during this race. Mm. Like it was, it became way beyond, hey, be smart, be efficient, do what you need to do. Don't think about anything else. It was more like, hey, this is what's happening. I promise it's happening. <laughs> hey, people. This is really happening. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, it just, I don't know, it was weird. It, it just hit a point. Can I ask you, like, yeah, because from my perspective as a dot watcher, like watching you, I never for a split second thought, is he really doing this? Yeah, that never entered my mind. Yeah, were you getting some of that from other people? Of are you really doing this, or were you like more like internalizing it? And I was definitely internalizing it, it's kind of just like coming back to. Just like self-doubt, like a lot of years of self-doubt and thinking I'm not worthy of this or that or whatever. Okay. And being so new to gravel and bikepacking and everything where I was just like, there's so many reasons to ride off this attempt. And like, since it's in Arkansas and like, we're not condensed with a ton of hardcore fucking strong riders like we have a lot of strong riders here that push me and there's some serious talent in Arkansas. But all said and done, if you take the country into consideration, it's way different. And so you're talking about Ted King, who's been deemed like the king of gravel and like all these different terms. It's like, why the hell should I even be in conversation with this dude mm -hmm. is part of it where it's, if you're just someone that's tuning in just now, why should anybody care who I am, you know? Yeah. And so any little bit of doubt was amplified because I'd question it myself. Like, what, is it just because I know these roads or I'm used to this, like, landscape and climate? Like, any reason why I could be 
on the same level as someone like him was a reason for me to doubt everything. So it was bizarre where I go from being like, I'm fucking in this, I'm just as capable, to now I'm not even sure if I can prove that I'm actually doing this, to now you're just, turns out you're just a broke (laughs) motherfucker that can barely afford this hotel that doesn't have a shower, and you're not even sure if you can You can't even give her utensils. You're not even sure, yeah, exactly. You're not even sure if you can afford the last bit of this race to, like, make it to work on time to, like, get your next paycheck. Yeah. It was just, like, compiling everything where it was a lot on the brain. It's a weird thing, right, to, like, have a huge community, a huge outpouring of support for something that you're doing. But also at the exact same time, having to deal with the stress of not knowing if you can afford to even finish it. Yeah. It's not like I felt like I was letting people down. It was more just, I don't know. It's such a bizarre experience and I've never had the opportunity to just really talk about it in full. I sympathize with, you know, where you're coming from and like... For me personally, it's just, I got to a point where I was just like walking some hills where it's like, you would never need to walk this hill. You're so fucking destroyed that you cannot ride this hill. Sure, you're loaded down, but... And it's also like, granted, hey, this is the steep fucking gravel loose hill, but like, you know your strength and you know your fitness. And I just happened to walk things I've never had to walk before. And I had all these extra stressors weighing on me. And it doesn't matter who races, like they're going to have a bunch of stresses on them and all these reasons to quit. But for me, I just like, I finally got to a town again. That's really what it came down to. I got to Leslie, Arkansas. I got to their gas station. I was like, oh my fucking God, I have a gas station. I'm going to eat some hot food. I'm going to charge some shit. I'm going to reconnect to the internet. I made it to another place where I'm in society and I can breathe for a second. And I checked Ted's dot. And it's like, man, he is, he's killing it. Like, he's doing a good job. And I like, still, you you forget, like, we're going in different directions. We're covering different terrain. What he has in front of him is heavy metal. Like, what I have in front of me is still, like, it's hard. It's... But you just kind of forget that the train is different and it's two different courses, honestly. And maybe I shouldn't have have charged the first part as hard as I did. But like I saw that update and I was really worked mentally and physically and it just, it kind of snapped me. I was like, man, you did everything you could. You pushed harder than you've ever pushed before in your entire life. And you can't really ask for more than that. Like if you've ever, if you... Have you put yourself in that spot where you're like, I've never tried this hard in my life? It's hard to be like, no, that's not enough. No. I need to go further. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. yeah. And so that was, that's really what it came down to. It was like, fuck, sure, I can keep riding my bicycle. I can finish this race. Right. But it's going to be way slower. And I'm going to hit at least three or four gas stations and I'm going to spend. $300 more (laughs) or I can call it now, have a great friend come pick me up because I live here in Arkansas and she's going to be like, hey, you did great. 
Love you. You did everything you could. Here's a little bit of whiskey. Here's a couple <laughs> joints. I'm going to drive you back to Fayetteville and yeah. it's all good. It's and all so good. that's that's really what it was. I was like, man, I did what I could against a world tour pro. I still live here. I'm still going to do this route. Like I'm still going for the FKT. Listen, but, bro. Like, I was before, like, before today that is not happened, the day. Ted King didn't know your name. Yeah. Today? Ted King knows your name. Yeah. And you know then the, the funny thing is, like, at the shop, for instance, so, like, at the bike shop, every once in a while, someone that actually knows what bikepacking is and this and that, and they actually, like, have been tuned into everything, they'll be like, oh, is your arch nemesis going to be at Unbound XL or this or that? I'm like, dude, he's not my arch nemesis. Like, he's another level. He is, <laughs> he's so fucking good. Like, I'm nowhere in comparison to him. And it was honest, just like all the stars aligned to where like, this is the train I know. This is a route I know. I was stepping into it with the mindset of, I'm going to hurt myself more than I've ever hurt before. It's not anything, like, I am not anywhere close to the equivalent of Ted in any given like gravel race. But, like for that race in particular, where I knew people were looking at it, I knew I could be in conversation. And that's what it came down to. I was like, fuck, let's just go as hard as I can. And maybe one fucking company would be like, hey, you rode hard. We love that, like, the tires worked for you. You know what? Let's, like, did one company step up? No, dude. none. <laughs> none. None. We're not there but yet. Bikepacking like, isn't there yet. No, man. that's the thing is that, and it's, it's something I still struggle with is I'm the kid that like rode 700 something miles and then quit. And that's a hard reality to live with is like on paper, or if you're like you're just now tuning in, it's like, hey, here's some local dude that tried hard and quit. And so like, no, 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 no. Let me stop you right there because the thing that was a tipping point for me was that video that you posted. That was like a 10 or 15 minute yeah, video, yeah. like, right. I, and I want to actually hear from you, like exactly when that video took place. Yeah. But the thing about it is, is you're not the guy who like quit. You're not yeah. the guy who just like, through in the towel you're the guy who put body heart and soul and pushed himself to the utter limits yeah. against a world-class pro yeah. that's who you are and you didn't win yeah but you push that mother yeah so i'm not gonna call ted king a motherfucker yeah you, you such push, a nice guy no i mean <laughs> I, I shouldn't even say that I, I just i use that as like i use that as a tear of endearment a lot but i mean you you pushed ted king and and i and again like i said earlier i think that if it weren't for you he wouldn't have had we iron sharpens iron right yeah, absolutely like you need somebody else yeah to push you yeah. to your next level. Yeah. And you were that guy for Ted. But here's the thing, dude. Like, you're not done. You're yeah. 27 years old. Absolutely. Ted King's a lot older than yeah. you are. Like, you yeah. are just starting. Yeah. And the things that you learn from that yeah. and the things that you know that you can go toe-to-toe, -to -toe, you know you can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with a world-class yeah. pro athlete. Yeah. And... Now it's like, okay, well, what did I learn, right? Yeah, absolutely. What, yeah. Absolutely. And that's what's really encouraging because that was my first stab at all of it. 
And it's been, like I said, that was the most palpable moment I've ever had of like, hey, here's a way to chase my dream. And so that's what's really exciting is, hey, you've finally found it. It took 28, almost 29 years of like, at times, very severe like depression and questioning everything and suicidal tendencies. But like, hey, you didn't just like throw in the towel and be like, hey, you know what? Time to just work a steady job and make good income and <laughs> pay the bills. Is like, you know what? You never settled and you're still broke. But hey, you found out here's this weird little like branch of another branch of another branch where yeah, I call it a microcosm of the universe. Yeah, where you like excel and also people tune into that shit. And for whatever reason, they find they value drive or entertainment. 10 hours to come and talk yeah. to you on the side of a river. Yeah. And that's what well, that's for that's, real. I wouldn't be here if you didn't yeah. do that. Why would I? And that's, Why would I come and talk to you that's if you didn't a do huge that? Honor if like you I didn't said, put a hundred percent of yourself yeah. and you, that's the thing is like, you didn't, you didn't tap out early. Yeah. You know, you did not tap out early. Yeah. I don't, I mean, like you went out there against a world-class pro yeah. and you went to give it all you did yeah. and you gave it all. But that's the thing is like, now you're not done. Now you get to yeah. go back to the drawing yeah. board. Now you need to get, now you get to hire Ernie as your coach. Yeah. Now you get to learn from yeah. that experience. And Everything that you did, all the things that we talked about, about how, oh, this or that or whatever, well, great. Now you get to learn from that. Yeah. And now that's not going to be an issue going forward. Absolutely. You know? That was your first fucking Absolutely. race, bro. And that's that's the thing is like, I that still. That was your first yeah, race. I still try to I make it. <laughs> stop. Yeah. Just stop anything else. <laughs> like that was your first race against Ted King. Yeah. And you were toe to toe. Yeah. At some point you were leaning. He yeah. kicked your ass in the end. Yeah, he kicked exactly. everybody's ass in the end. Exactly. He, he really did. It. I mean, he's got the fucking, he's got the FKT for it. And that's yeah. like the hard earned FKT. But you just FKT. started, dude. You and just started. Yeah, it's, I appreciate that. It, it really does come down to, it's like, hey, I'm in it for the long haul. And you are I'm, I'm really excited haul. that yeah. I finally found what I'm looking for. Yeah. And it took a long time. And that's what people have to realize is you may change that passion many times over life. And for me, that's what it was, is I was for sure, I was like, hey, you're gonna rock climb forever. <laughs> and then it was like, you're gonna be a mountaineer alpinist forever. And then it was gonna be, hey, you're gonna be a skier or a, a ski mountaineer, is all these different things. I had to just try everything until finally I was like, I finally fucking figured it out. And the thing is, Five years from now, I may be like, hey, <laughs> the inventory and availability of parts is stupid. I trail run now <laughs> and I do like 100K and I do the Western States 100, this and that. That may be the reality, yeah. but it's I'm going to keep chasing the one thing that makes me feel most satisfied in life. And for sure, that's like that's bikepacking for me. I've never felt so sure about anything. And that's that's what's exciting. And then the like the community here, it's so many people are stoked and they go see someone do something nuts. And then everyone's just like, fuck yeah. Like, let's do more of that. Yeah. So Well, I can tell you, um, because of the coffee outside that you like arranged for us to do earlier today. 
I, it gave me an opportunity to get a chance to like meet the community and like find out what the community thinks about you. Yeah. So I was like pre-interviewing before yeah, I ever got totally. here. It's cool to like see each other for a second before we're like, Hey, we're going to sit down by the river and like talk for a long it time. It was good, man. Yeah. But like the thing that I realized is that, um, you inspired a lot of people. I was talking to goddamn Dave, Brian, Bill, Brian, Brian. I'm going to go with Brian. Okay. With his little daughter that was there. Bill, was, Bill. Bill was awesome, Bill. I, I got, Bill it was, was awesome. one of the ones I said, Dude, Bill. he's like high up in like the Tyson world or something. Yeah. That's the thing is I meet these people and we just ride bikes. And then I'm terrible at like, I don't even know what bike you're riding for like weeks. And I'll be like, oh shit, dude, you got like DI2, you're wireless. This shit's dope. Yeah, and I'm then, the same way. Yeah. And then they'll be like, oh yeah, like I just like, Oh, you know, I'm a CEO for, <laughs> for like Tyson or something. You're like, oh shit, what? But do you, do you know that? Do you know his story? I do you know that he was a runner? Yes. Yeah. Like, so like some but, of the stuff you just learn with time. Yeah. Like you go for a ride or two. Like you don't ask questions. Like here's a random ass ride in the Ozark National Forest. We're gonna be there. We're doing it. And yeah. every once in a while, we get one new person, and it could be Bill. It could be like. Anyone, yeah. you don't know. And so they show up for more than one. You're like, oh, you're here again. And then over time, you're like, oh, my God. You're like, you're doing all of this shit for these companies. And your life is so different. You got kids. You got this. You got that. But all said and done, here we are on a Saturday. And you're willing to just smash yourself for 80 miles on this rugged terrain. And here we are. Like, yeah. you had no info besides the fact this is the time we start. This is loop we're doing. Kind of, you know, some info about it, but not really. <laughs> what I learned today is that the community here, you know, really likes you. Like they're, they're uh, they appreciate you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that that's, I don't mean to like, you know, because I'm, I'm sure you're like me. You don't like compliments too much. <laughs> but, but I mean, it's like those are the things that matter, right? It's yeah. Like. Yeah, you didn't win the Arkansas High Country race. There's a lot of things you would like to do differently. Yeah, you're broke. Yeah, <laughs> you got a credit card and you got to owe money on that bike. Yeah, 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 but yeah. it's like you told me earlier, like you changed one person's life, you know? Exactly. And I met several people today, if not many people today, who you have inspired and helped them maybe change their life yeah. for the better for the future, you yeah. know? like. Those things are like, they're not as tangible as money yeah. and the private drive that you can't get onto with your mil your million dollar house, right? Those things are not as tangible, but they're valuable. Yeah. And that's like, I mean, that's the same thing you're doing with the podcast right now, honestly. Like part of the reason why I'm able to even try riding through a second night when I've never done it before, I've never pulled uh, two all-nighters in a row is because like, hey, you know what? I'm working in a ski shack over the winter at a ski resort. And you know what? I'm at a ski resort in the mountains surrounded by snow, but I'm really thinking about gravel right now and bikepacking. And while I'm sitting silent in this ski shack in the mountains for two and a half hours, I got plenty of time to listen to music or podcasts or something. And so I'm in this environment that's inspiring and beautiful. What am I going to do? I'm going to listen to something that like complements that. And so what's inspiring to me? Well, I want to 
I want to learn more about bikepacking and gravel. And that's when Patrick Farnsworth comes over the speaker and he's like, hey, this week we have Sophie on or we have James Hayden or we have Chris or we have Rebecca Rush. There's so many incredible people they've interviewed. And so that's filled so much of my time. It's not like any of these people are better than the other or like, sure, like they've all had their accomplishments. They've all done these really cool things. But at the end of the day, it's I'm just sitting in on a conversation and I'm learning something mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm connecting with more humans. And so by no means am I any more cool or special than any of these people that you've like interviewed. But the fact that I've been able to listen to the conversation, I'm like, I can relate to this. And I can I can put myself in those shoes. Yeah. And so that's the whole point, man. Yeah, that's the key. Absolutely. That is the key, right? Absolutely. Is like being able to connect yeah. to that greater thing and connect to it in a way that'll inspire you, encourage you to go seek it out for yourself. So everything you're doing is awesome. And like I said, I haven't been on your website in a while. And I looked at it at work today when there was a slow moment because Usually we're explaining what an e-bike is and why there's no parts available in the world and this and that. <laughs> and uh, I'm looking at your website. I'm like, hey, by the way, he's been obviously pushing a little bit more like Patreons. And I think it's really cool that you've been like shouting out Patreons. Yeah. Ever since you did your podcast with Louis Hador and like he... That's right. Shout out to like, Louis. It, that changed dramatically. I, I, yeah. I noticed that shift. Yeah. And I was like, because this. that's when I started it, I, I just wanted to be community supported without any advertisers or yeah. whatnot. And, and I understand and that. And ultimately, so that is my goal still. And so I am pushing Patreon. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm still figuring it out because, yeah, I, I, I don't know what I'm So, you know, do. like the path less pedaled. Yeah. So, like, they have a Patreon network yeah. and everything. And, you got these people like the the vegan cyclist is a huge YouTube presence. You got NorCal Cycling, which is branches off a lot from what we're talking about, but it's like crit racing and it's this and that. And it's no matter what, it's people are finding a way to give content to the community that's meaningful and relevant and important to it doesn't matter if like it doesn't apply to ninety-nine percent of the community. This one percent of the community it means the fucking world to them. Yeah. They've been dying for this content. And that's um, what's important. Our world is so big. If you can satisfy 1% of it, that's absurd. That's exactly and whenever, right. And whenever I'm looking at bikepacking content, I'm dying for more. And who's there? It's bikes or death. Like... It's weird. I was, sure. When I re, I was researching my own show for my uh, Seth Wood interview yeah. that I did a couple of days ago, and the second Google search was my own website. That's awesome. And that's when I that's when I was like, oh shit, I am. Yeah, I am bikepacking. Which news. like I am like whoever you're, like Emily, if she's dealing with like the website and this. Emily and that. Emily helps me out with shipping and receiving. Okay. So if you get anything off yeah. the website, Emily's the person that like whoever's doing like SEO, search engine optimization, and yeah. this and that. It's like they're helping a ton, and then obviously, just producing constant content is important. Yeah, like, that's a big even thing. if it's not the most beautiful perfect content the fact that you're consistent is so important and that's yeah. like what we've been doing here in the ozarks is 
one, we're trying to be relevant, but we're being consistent. We're being constant. And we're like, hey, this is what's happening right now in the gravel and bikepacking world, especially in Arkansas. And the fact that there's people in Canada are like, this is sick. This is awesome. Like I just shipped a shirt out to the United Kingdom, <laughs> never shipped anything internationally. I yeah. was like, no worries, dude. 10 bucks, we'll figure it out. <laughs> 30, $30 so like, later to ship it. I'm like at you, like the post office during my lunch break. I'm like, fuck, dude, for one, I've been in line for an hour. <laughs> Two, I finally get up there and they're like, oh my God, $10? Like, it's 40 bucks yeah. to even know what your tracking number is. Exactly. I'm like, oh my God, they wanted a tracking number. <laughs> yeah. It's bizarre. And like, like I said earlier, it's like you figure the shit out as you go. Yeah. It's bizarre. You figure it out. That's what people don't see is yeah, you're producing great content consistently, but they don't see all these little nitpicky details along the line. (laughs) Like you have a real website. I have a website, it's not even real. It's like, (laughs) oh my God, a few people have told me, hey, you need to lock down this domain or the other thing I'll say, I mean, if we're gonna add context to you know, a person's life. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I moved out of my house when I was 17 and I've been an entrepreneur ever since. So I've owned multiple, multiple businesses, multiple, uh, e-commerce websites, all kinds of stuff. So that's another area in my life where it's like, it kind of just like all these different facets came together to where, and also the timing Mm -hmm. of bike packing and all this stuff where it's just like all the perfect confluence came together and sure, it equals a yeah, podcast. Absolutely, I guess. absolutely. Yeah. And that was like part of me being out in Utah and Salt Lake and moving back to Arkansas is pandemic hit. It's like, you know what? There's the scare for a minute. It's like, hey, are borders going to even close? It's bizarre. It's fucking wild whenever it first started. So I just, I'm going to book it to Arkansas because you know what? <laughs> All ski season, I've been watching gravel and bikepacking documentaries and videos. And yeah. like, I'm ready to ride my bike. Like, Skiing powder is sick, but I didn't grow up doing this. Like, <laughs> I want to be in the South. Yeah. And so, like, I booked it back to Arkansas. I was like, I can help my grandparents. I know some of these roads that I've driven to go climbing that I still haven't ridden on my bike. There's so much appeal to going back to Arkansas. So I made it back here. Couldn't get a job for quite a while. I was applying for jobs. Like, definitely by no means just being like, hey, I'm employed. Give me fucking money, government. Like, come on, what's going on? It was, I even held off on unemployment for a while when I got back. I was like, no, I had like a decent paying job at the ski resort and this and that. And they were still paying me just to hang out. Like, all I had to do was just live in Salt Lake and I could go to the desert for a month and bike pack. And I would have been paid the whole entire time. And that was super appealing to me. Cause like yeah. I was at a point in my life where I was feeling pretty selfish. It's like, you know what? Like I've worked really hard for a really long time. I can bike pack, ride my bike, do whatever for a month and I'm getting paid the whole time because COVID, who knows? Like <laughs> give me the money. It's a freaking it's a roulette wheel. Exactly. It's like it's craps. Like exactly. Everybody uh I guess in that way, it was kind of like good. It gave everybody an excuse. Yeah. Me with the podcast. I yeah. like, I was like, you know, I mean, and this weird like, fuck ethical, it, let's do it. Is this weird ethical balance of like, well, if you're kind of using the community, you're not being responsible. But like, if you're away from the community and really out there, then it's chill. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, like I could, I could scheme up a cool trip where, 
I spend a month not using society and it's justifiable. Yeah. Or I could go back to Arkansas and grocery shop for my grandparents because they probably shouldn't be out in society and like I should help them out uh, and I'd be closer. And also I skip a few like months and I'm in spring now instead of winter. <laughs> and uh, so like I ended up moving back to Arkansas mostly because, okay, maybe there's a scare of borders closing. I can help my grandparents. I've been dreaming about riding my bike, all these things at once. So it's like, okay, move back to Arkansas. So I did that. And then I had a few months of trying to get jobs. I was trying to get a job at Rafa. I was like, okay, you guys are like, I love your films about the alternative calendar. Everything they've done with Dirty Kanza, Glock and Morton at GB Duro, mm -hmm. everything like that. Yeah. I'm like, this is fucking dope. Yeah. I love what you guys are doing. You're like, there's the world tour, but then there's this whole alternative calendar with Leadville 100. Everything is sick. Applied, they just kept saying like, hey, we're on delay, we're on delay, we're on delay. So for months, I'm on delay, no money, just hanging out in Arkansas. And eventually I was like, okay, I'm going to like apply for unemployment because I'm still making no money. Like I'm trying to work jobs. I can't. Yeah. I don't love the idea of applying for unemployment, but here we are. Bro, that's, I mean, you pay taxes, right? Exactly. So I apply and it's been like a month. I'm like, all right, here we are. So for a while, I was living the dream. Honestly, I rode my bike as much as possible. Yeah. Like, went nuts. Just like, here's Arkansas gravel. You're brand new to Arkansas gravel. <laughs> ride all of it. So yeah. I just went berserk. <laughs> and it hit a point where it's like, okay, we're cutting back on unemployment. You're not making that real money. Like, <laughs> here's like fake money. Here's like money to Monopoly wear. money. Monopoly money. Yeah. And so I'm like, all right, I got to get a job. And as soon as it's like, I have to get a job, I got a job. And so I got a job working 40 hours a week, still riding gravel as much as I could, exploring as much as I could. I'm like, well, I'm not riding as much as I was, but I'm still riding. And in the meantime, like I've been developing this community of this is Ozark gravel, like anything pertaining to gravel in Arkansas and the Ozarks, this is what's happening. Like by no means am I the authority. I'm new to it, but I'm here and I'm fucking getting after it. Like I'm <laughs> doing no doubt about that. Yeah. I'm like, I'm doing as much as possible. Yeah. Like if anyone else is doing more than me by means, tell me to shut the fuck up. And like, well, I don't think it has to be that it yeah. can be that there's enough room in this community for more people to be doing it. Yeah, right. Like exactly. you can do your thing. Exactly. But it doesn't mean that someone else can also yeah, absolutely. take their own spin on it. And that's it. what's been happening. It's right. like, there's been a few like sub communities. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And, like, Stay consistent. Everybody, like, but but that's what we're saying is like you should be doing something. What are you doing? So you can't like, oh, I'm doing this. Oh, you want to do something too? Oh, you shouldn't do that. No, I'm already doing it. No, you can do it too. I'm doing I'm doing my thing. You do your thing. So there's been like several things within like Arkansas is exploding in general when it sure. comes to cycling. Yeah, big time. Well, like. Australis has already been a thing. It's like mountain biking. Bentonville's has been like, hey, we're the mountain. <laughs> We're like mountain biking capital of the world. Like, cool. You guys say that, whatever. Like, it's your marketing campaign. You do it. Like, people have to 
show up and prove you wrong, whatever. Like, have <laughs> at it. Um, but with gravel, I'm just like, yo, this shit is dope. Yeah. Like, I'm not telling you it's the best in the country, the world, whatever, but this stuff is good. And, like, not only is it good, but, like, here are routes and roads I'm doing. And, like, I guarantee you, I've done it, and this is sick. Yeah. And that's that's what it's been. Yeah. And so, like, I've I been doing that. that's a great direction to go. Yeah. And it's within northwest Arkansas. There's Bentonville, which is kind of like Oz Trails. And Bentonville has a lot of the money and the Walton Corporation or whatever. And so, like, I have no nothing against it but it's not the closest to the ozarks like anything i'm talking about it's in the ozark national forest yeah and so bentonville is further than fayetteville fayetteville is further than oark where i'm looking for a cabin it's everything i'm talking about like it's the ozark national forest so i don't care who you are where you live what your social status is when I'm talking about the best riding in the state, it's in the Ozark, Ozark National Forest. Like, and that's what it comes not, down to. Not the developed, built trails. Yeah. Not the, yeah. all that. It's it's the just natural public land that's yeah. out there. There's very little Bro, I'll tell you, I mean, like, listen, I came into town on Friday. I had a full open day to do anything I wanted to do. I could have rolled into town, uh, but I didn't. I rolled into a primitive camping spot in Ozark National Forest. I fired up my ride with GPS with heat maps, and I just got on my bike and started riding gravel roads. Like, yeah. they're endless. So, like, absolutely, you don't, it's insane. Yeah, it's insane. Everybody knows that I love and appreciate, and you know what what the Northwest Arkansas community is doing. But I'll agree that for me. Uh, most of my interest lies in the national forest yeah. and like the real remote, just endless gravel roads, beauty on tap for miles and miles with no people or distractions. Like that's, that's the real meal deal right there. Yeah. And that's kind of comes full, full circle to where like I'm at now. So oh, like the Arkansas high country route is one thing and then the the race in itself is another during the race i was trying to be like hey i'm this dude doing this thing i promise like i try hard and i'm trying to do everything i can and like i did it and no one really cared you noticed i was like hey that's sick like cool <laughs> you want to talk to me at some point awesome yeah um but i was like okay like that was it like I need to like keep doing what I'm doing and plug away at whatever I'm truly trying to accomplish. And so it definitely became less of, hey, I am this racer that can go do these things. And it became a little bit more of, hey, I'm this rider and here are all these incredible things I can show you. And so that's been my like shift since the race is, it's not about me, it's about this place. Like, because of this place, this is me. And so I want to show people what is here. And like, if you're visiting from another state, this is what you could, you should go see. It's, the Arkansas High Country is incredible, and there's the different loops of the Arkansas High Country, but like I, this summer, I'm working on a bikepacking route that is 300 miles of 
Ozark National Forest only. Now I'm interested. And it is yeah. 300 miles, 32,000 feet of elevation. I'm still altering like some of the roads. Like I'm riding these roads. Like I'm getting out there. Like it's, well, yeah. I'm riding it, and I'm either like this road is shit, fuck this, yeah. or I'm like this road is incredible. We're gonna do it, and everything else is. I've already done it, and I love it. And I'm creating this route that's it's roughly 300 miles, 32,000 feet of elevation, and it's less than 20% of pavement. It's like you're doing gravel, like you're that's in awesome. it, you're doing the real deal. And you're in the Ozark National Forest the whole time. And that's been my whole project. And that's what I'm working towards. And I like to make that happen. Um, I did my year lease of an apartment. I'm leaving my apartment. I'm living out of a truck. I have a cabin that I can, if everything goes through, I have a cabin that I can stay in two nights a week, maybe three if I'm lucky. <laughs> and the rest of the time is I'm camping and I'm developing this route that I just think is the most incredible thing you can possibly do in the Ozarks. Wow. And it's like, it's going to suck. Like, don't get me wrong. Like you do 300 miles in the Ozarks, you're going to get fucking slapped <laughs> like there's no denying that right. and that's that's something that's so appealing about this area is that not only can i live here but i can train for any race in the country and be ready for it like not even the country but i i truly believe if i live here and train here year round i can go to any country and be like i'm ready and it's because of the train here and this route i'm developing wow. and I can't wait to see it. It's just Pretty like, stoked. I'm so psyched on it. And honestly, before I got really stoked on this development and this idea, I was still on the idea of, I'm gonna keep getting stronger. I'm gonna sign up for bikepacking races. I'm gonna show up. I'm gonna prove that I can hang with the best. That's, that's what it was. And now it's just, I'll show up to races when I can, but here's the deal. I work 40 hours a week at a bike shop and like, I'm barely making a buy. Yeah. In the meantime, I'm making the coolest shit I can in my local community. And like, if you show up, it's cool and you're going to love it and it's going to hurt. <laughs> it's going to be hard. And eventually, like, make it into a race. I'm like, hey, here's this race and it's insane. You're going to love it. But otherwise, it's just like, hey, I'll show up to races when I can. Otherwise, it's. It's gonna take some time. Well, I'm in there for the long haul. Do? This is the place. This is. I finally found what I'm looking for, and it's gonna. It's gonna take some time. You gonna come to the uh, East Texas Showdown? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I. Right now, it's. I think that's more likely than anything else, because the bike I have, I could potentially do the. North South race, from North Colorado to South Colorado. Mm -hmm. It's Fort Collins down to somewhere in. Southern Colorado will be the first year they have it. They're still releasing details on it. I may do that, but there's also a local event that I'm trying to help out with and provide basically a gravel option for it. Mm. And like, I'm just plugged into the community. I love our community. I'm trying to help our community out. So it's hard to justify, oh, I'm going to do this one race when I can help out what we have going on here. Because yeah. it's no longer like... Hey, I'm trying to prove I'm, I'm like good enough to compete. It's more like, hey, I'm doing everything I can to 
escalate the entire bikepacking community. Yeah. Well, it seems like you're doing a good job from the outside. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm kind of plugged into the community a little bit. And uh, I definitely have no, I mean, I've taken great notice of your efforts. And we'll shout out to Lily yeah. or Lillian. Yeah. Is, what, does she go by Lily or Lily? I always call her Lily. Yeah. Okay, Lily. In a more formal context, I try to be fancy and say Lillian. Okay. But I've never called her Lillian once, I don't think. So okay. we'll go with Lily. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I've, I've, you know, I, I've noticed, like, I mean, it's, yeah. it's obvious. I mean, I've been there. I know what it's like. I'm like, oh, I know what this guy is doing. It's like, he's trying totally. to grow the community. Totally. He's trying to like give back and build it and grow totally. something and get people activated and energized. And it and, still comes back to you with the podcast. It's like, you're not trying to be some dude that's like, I'm so rich that all I do is that like I hang out in Arkansas by the river and then I go to Oklahoma and hang out at a bike shop <laughs> yeah. and then I go to New Mexico and hang out with like uh, Newberry, what's his name? Oh, Bailey Newberry. Bailey Newberry, like all these cool motherfuckers across the country that I'd love to meet and talk to. It's like you're not trying to support some life where you're like, oh, it's so cush and chill that all I do is hang out with the cool people. It's like you're trying to have conversation and like, bring the reality of it all to light that's what i love and i'm trying to just like let people recognize is everyone's putting in work and it's yeah. if you can find this weird little outlet where people are tuning in and they get value out of it like honestly i was looking at your website during work today while i was slammed there'd be random moments where it's like a little bit more chill like, all right, you're going to have a podcast. You're going to sit down. You're going to chill with Patrick. <laughs> you're doing homework. Hey, check. Just for a second, look at his website. You haven't looked at his website for a while. Yeah. And like one of the very first things I did was looked at your Patreon. I was like, are you kidding me? One dollar is the first level? <laughs> Why are you only charging one dollar for your first level? Because if everybody gave a dollar, exactly. I could retire. Exactly. And That's it just why. takes more people to hear that shit. Yeah. And what I loved is that you had a goal of like, hey, if I had X amount, I feel like this could be feasible yeah. for like full time yeah, or whatever it is. And so- Because I'm cheap. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't live a glamorous lifestyle. Exactly. It's like, it's kind of what you've done, maybe intentionally or not. But like the thing about it is, is like the more things you have, the more you have to work to earn them and to pay for them. Yeah. And so the less shit you're spending your money on, the less you have to work. You know, and so I, I leave, live pretty cheap. And yeah. so I can, and it's been a process. It's like, I've sold all, like I had a super expensive truck and I had like all these fancy, fancy things. And yep. I've been, I just downsize. I just sell everything yep. and get rid of everything that costs yep. money. And that has allowed me the opportunity to go around and talk to really cool people. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. should shout out the, you know, the van that's sitting like three feet behind me. Um, I mean, my listeners, uh, donated about $3,000 for me to up. purchase it. Hell yeah. I mean, that's a $4,600 van that Hell my yeah. listeners paid 65% of, you that's know, so, so cool. that I could be here right now talking to yeah. you. Like, isn't that dope? It's yeah. so dope. And that's been over time. That's been one of the hardest things for me is just asking for help or accepting help. It's hard. Because there's this certain thing. It's weird. It's like, because 
it's such a weird thing, but at the end of the day, it's like what I'm doing costs money. What you're yeah. doing costs money. It takes time. That time takes you away from your job. That time. To, yep. And so it's not about the money, but money is the thing that makes the world yeah. operate. So. And it's like some people almost get offended that you won't accept help. It's like, I care so much about what you're doing. I want to help. And then if you're like, no. I don't need that. Like, you're too nice. Like, how about <laughs> half of that? Yeah. And they're like, what? Like, you don't understand what I'm offering you. Like, this means everything to me. Like, I would, like, it offends me if you don't accept this. And that's been, that's always been a hard thing where, like, Get used to just it. accepting how much people care yeah. for sure. I mean, I say that kind of callously, but I've just been the benefactor of the outpouring of support from the community for the, full three whatever years I've been doing yeah. this. And at some point you just have to accept it and realize that the community that we're in is actually pretty freaking sweet. Yeah. And uh, they're hungry. All this stuff is exciting. It's all new. And uh, people are hungry for the opportunity to go and do portions of this, right? Like yeah. portions of what you did, you know, what what route does Andrew think is the best? Let's go do that route, yeah. you know? Like, the audience is there. Yeah, It really comes down to, like, uh, a Malcolm Gladwell book that I read. I don't remember which one. He, re he, he wrote too many, but he said, the world is starved for leaders. Yes. And, uh, and I, I, that's one way to put it, but, I mean, this is a new market. It's a new sport in a lot of ways. It's really expanding, and so... There's a lot of opportunities for people all across the globe to step up and to activate their local communities. I agree 100%. And that's still coming back to the, just like the history of everything. That's why I think it's so vital. There's just like certain aspects with people that have been doing it for a long time. And like, I think it's so important just to pay tribute to people who have been doing it. And like, hey, this is how it's been. And like we've talked about, this is how it's transitioning a little bit. Yeah. But it's just such a fresh thing in the United States. And I want to keep true to just it being as pure as possible is really what it comes down to. Yeah, well, you know what? As far as I can tell, the community is made up of a lot of really, really great people. And my personal optimism level is pretty high. I think the future for bikepacking and gravel riding is pretty bright. Oh, yeah. I got to go back to Texas. Yeah, you do. How? Holy sh! Dude, we've been talking for three hours and twenty. minutes. I believe it. I was like, "Well, I peed a few times, and we've been on a few this different is, topics." This is the longest podcast I've ever done. That's impressive, for real. That's impressive. Well, I knew it helped that I like I would have no direction. I was like, "Well, I'll just start blabbering about the high country and whatnot." <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my job is to have the direction and uh, just kind of point you in the direction and let you go. <laughs> well, I mean, let's just wrap it up by yeah. Uh, yeah. saying that I love you yeah, and uh, good night. This no. has been great. No, I mean, I, I the truth is, is that I've been a fan of yours for all the reasons that we talked about, all the things that you went through, all the things that you put yourself through. You know, I was the guy sitting at home drinking whiskey, sending you messages, you know, yeah. like you can do it, man. Yeah. You can do it. You yeah. know, like that's really cool. I don't know, man. I have a, I do have a lot of respect for you, regardless of any shortcomings you have. 
uh, we all have shortcomings and that's not, that's not the thing, right? It's, it's that we overcome those shortcomings. We find out where they are and then we keep pushing forward. And, um, you know, you, you came up short maybe on that one event, but in my mind, you didn't really come up short. You, you came up to your limit and then now it's an opportunity for you to like work hard and see what else is next absolutely yeah it was cool it was like i i figured something out i was like okay cool you you spent all this time trying to figure out what you're doing with your life here's this really weird discreet thing (laughs) that like some people tune into and it jives with like whatever you're doing with your free time and within a year or two you may be like that was really dumb like (laughs) You're not doing that at a, anymore at all. Or I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, that was a great building block for what's to come. It's an exciting time in the sport, to be honest, if we're talking about, like, you know, who could take down a race? Who could take this yep. FKT? I feel like there's a lot of people, you know, at any Absolutely. given day Absolutely. that, like, showed up to a starting yeah. line. It's just like, I don't know. Yeah. You know? And that is exciting. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, my friend. Cool. Well, appreciate it. And Good great. night. Yeah. Thanks for, for the sure. chat. What's next for you? What? Let's wrap it up with that. What is? What's your next event? Yeah, that's that's awesome. So, just came off of Iowa Wind and Rock, and that was fun. Kind of just getting ready for the season. I don't have a lot of events, so Unbound XL is the first real one, main one, I guess. And when is that? That is the beginning of June. Have the the route file for it, which is exciting. I went Windrock with Q Sheets. <laughs> we met at a parking lot at three forty-five a.m. Oh no! Uh, Unbound XL. We'll see who shows up. Honestly, I have no idea who the heavy hitters are of that. So that'll be interesting. Might not know really until I line up. Is it three fifty? Three hundred fifty miles. Three, a little over three fifty. Are you, we start are you gonna, at three no, p.m. No sleep. I'm guessing. Yeah, it's anyone up at the front will not be sleeping. And after that, I mean, honestly, I might not be doing anything serious until like September. So, or October. Yeah. So we'll see. I think uh, I'll be doing some development in Arkansas and putting some hard days in, developing a new route. But I think the next race after that will be, yeah, sometime September, October. Awesome, dude. Well, I, for one, and I think a lot of people are really excited uh, to see you line up at the starting line again and Unbound Gravel yeah. XL. Yeah. That'll be a good one. Yeah, that'll be fun. Well, good luck with it, my friend. All right. Thanks, Patrick. Peace. All right, you beautiful people. Thank you so much for tuning in to the episode. If you've made it this far, you get a cookie. <laughs> oh, man. What a great episode. I hope y'all enjoyed it. I I swear I went in with the plan. Uh, I went in with an outline, but early on it got thrown out the window and me and Andrew obviously just shot the shit for three hours and it was nice. Not as structured as some of my other episodes, but you know, I'm always very fascinated to learn how people find their ways into ultra endurance cycling, ultra endurance, anything really, but yeah, how people find their way here. And Andrew's story I found particularly interesting. It's almost like an into the wild type setting where you can see this young man out there uh, roaming for 
purpose, trying to find his meaning, uh, his direction in life, his calling, whatever you want to call it, uh, and then found a home here in the cycling community, just like we all have. And uh, I, for one, am grateful to have him on Team Bike. I love people who are who are passionate and are also able to share that passion. That's a special talent in a way because oftentimes it's difficult for people to even acknowledge the importance of what they're doing. It's so easy for us to like point out our failures and our shortcomings and all that stuff, but to really acknowledge um, what you've done and to really be able to speak about it and work through that. I appreciate that. I think that's a special gift and I appreciate him sharing that with us. All right, everybody. Well, this has been long enough. So let me just say that if you've made it this far through a three and a half hour podcast and you're not supporting the show on Patreon, I don't know. I did the math and this month alone, I have dropped over 10 hours of podcasting glory to your earbuds. Now, if that isn't worth a dollar a month, I don't know what it is. No pressure though. I know times are tough out there. I really do. I feel it. It's been, you know, just because things are kind of opening up here in America and, and things are kind of getting going again doesn't mean that financially we are out of this by any stretch. So I don't ask lightly, but if you can support the show with just a dollar a month, it would mean more than you know. And it really does help produce this show and it helps get me on the road and buy me the time that I need away from my real job so that I can spend the time on the road and spend three hours on the side of a river talking to phenomenal guests like Andrew Onermaugh. So once again, you can find that information over at patreon.com forward slash bikes or death. And if you don't got a dollar, a five-star review on iTunes would do just fine. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today on this episode of the Bikes for Death podcast. And if you haven't already, and even if you have already, go ride your damn bike again. You load up your bike, you ride away from home. You could be with your friends or you could be alone. You ride for a day or maybe more. You just love being in the great outdoors. Everything you need is strapped to your bars, including that new pillow you got from Santa Claus. And then you think, oh shit to yourself. You let that super lightweight tent on the living room shelf. Bikes 